Welcome to Talking in Stations. I am Adderall, News Chief for TMC, although soon to be changing to Imperium.News. Today on Talking in Stations, we have great list guests, and we'll we'll get to know them in just a second. Um, First, I want to say um, uh, that the show is basically about EVE Online and all the stuff that goes on inside of it with the point of view of veteran players uh, and you know, uh, we try to get as much news across the board as we can uh, about different groups if we can. That's one of the, one of the reasons we have the show. Uh, but let's start with the guests, uh, starting with uh, Dirk. Hey, what's up? Dirk McGurk, uh, member of Sniggerly Corporation in Pandemic Legion, co-host of the Open Comm Show and other various and sundry things. Astrothy. Greetings, fellow Empyreans. I'm Astrothy, acting commander of Adron Robotics and writer for both Crossing Zebras and the Matani.com, which is kind of rare. <laughs> uh, Grath, how are you doing? I'm all right. I'm Grath. I'm a CEO. That's about all I do. All right. In addition to them, we have uh, Jay Maricotti from FCON. Hey, how's it going? Jay from FCON. Um, I do lots of different stuff within FCON and try to keep uh, things together over there. Awesome. And uh, we're also expecting somebody to show up a little bit later. Uh, we'll introduce him when he comes on. Next, I want to in- introduce uh, Valium, who is a court made of mine in DICE, Destructive Influence. Hey, guys. I'm Valium, DICE, Northern Coalition, line member. <laughs> yeah. And finally tonight, a uh, special guest is Gommel Knox. He's a streamer for TMC, and uh, he's uh, also uh, going to be on a panel at uh, TwitchCon. Which I think is the one of the first Twitch cons they've had in San Diego uh, coming up this weekend or the next. Uh, he'll let us know. How are you doing, Gom? I'm doing very well. Uh, my name is Gomel Knox. I am a line member of Goonwafa. And uh, yeah, I'm going to be presenting at this year's TwitchCon in San Diego at the Convention Center. And I'll be doing a panel discussion on uh, our experiences as disabled streamers and uh, disabled players in the gaming industry. Awesome. And as I said uh, earlier, we may have uh, Targamar from uh, Targamar from uh, Methodical Alliance uh, coming on later in the show. Uh, but okay, so Grath, uh, Ashtarathi, Dirk, Jay, Volume, Gommel, thanks for showing up. Let's get on with the show. we had some things that we were going to talk about with Ashtrothy. You did a great uh, interview with CCP Siegel, and uh, we'll talk about some of the news, that interview. Um, just, CSM just had their uh, summer summit, was it? And um, so maybe we can talk about that a little bit later. But the first thing I want to do is talk to Gommel about uh, TwitchCon and tell us a little bit about what he's going to be doing there. Oh, well, I'd love to. Um, uh, if you guys don't know, I'm going to be part of a five-member panel, and uh, it's going to be next weekend. It's the very second uh, TwitchCon, and the first time they're going to be holding it at the San Diego Convention Center. Um, going to be speaking about um, my experiences as a disabled streamer and what it's like to be a disabled gamer. Uh, yes, lame, exactly. What it's like to be lame. 
That, that wasn't, that's an unfortunate no, no, I, coincidence. I know, I know, I saw that, I was like, oh, wait, I gotta use that. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's gonna be really fantastic. Um, they did this panel last year, so a couple of uh, the panelists are returning uh, from this past year, but more importantly, I'm really excited uh, not only to be able to have the opportunity to speak to uh, the movers and shakers in the gaming industry and hopefully um, bring about, if not change, then at least a little bit of discussion about uh, how to meet the needs of the disabled market. Um, and uh, there's going to be presenters with all kinds of disabilities that aren't just physical like myself. So there's going to be uh, the people who run Deaf Gamers TV, and um, there's a gal from the UK called Ratters. She's going to be there. Uh, she's got chronic fatigue syndrome. And there's uh, also Mackenzie's who has epilepsy. So there's kind of like a wide spectrum of uh, disabilities being represented. So I think that's really going to be fantastic. I'm really you know why I'm an asshole? It. Do you want to know why I'm an asshole? When Where I hear chronic asshole? fatigue syndrome, I want to say mean stuff because to me that sounds like you're tired all the time. Uh, I'm fucking tired well, all the time I mean, too. No, that's like, that's exactly what it is. But I mean, like it's tired to the point where, um, like you can't get, you literally cannot get out of bed tired. Um, mm. I have that. It's on Saturday morning. It's like one o'clock, and I'm like in the afternoon. I'm like, man, I should get up, but it's. I mean, fuck it. I'm already I was, here. I was actually talking to her on uh, Twitter the other day, and she said she's already. Or it was about a week ago, and she said she's already started uh, changing her sleeping schedule to uh, acclimate to jet lag coming from the UK all the way over to San Diego. So it's yeah, it's she started that a week bad. early. Whoa! Yeah, I, yeah. I imagine if you have chronic fatigue syndrome, it's like you don't have a choice. You're constantly like tr- having to pull yourself up to be awake. You know? Yeah. Well, right. I mean, Mr. Mr. Riven Snake <laughs> has that, and I mean, I've made fun of this dude for seven years because I don't understand what chronic fatigue syndrome is. I call it like people that like to live on welfare, I guess, because they just <laughs> don't want to get. I mean, I, I, that, I, that was just never a thing when I grew up, right? Nobody had well, chronic yeah. fatigue syndrome. You no. didn't get up, your dad whipped your ass till you got out of bed, and then you went to fucking school or whatever. That was like it. That was the end of, end of chronic fatigue syndrome. It ended at your dad's hand. What like, do you mean you're yep. tired? Yeah, what well, do you mean? Yeah, yeah, you're I not mean, sleeping. Get the fuck up. <laughs> see, but that see, just I goes to show, like, a coffee syndrome. I was well, just gonna say that goes to show like all the that's different the way I was advances. I don't, I don't mean, I don't say any of that to be mean. I just don't. It's just something I've never really had any experience with. Now I feel bad for making fun of Rive. Oh so no, I mean that I never had any experience with it either. In fact, I um, when I, shoot, am I? Yeah, am I in? Can yeah, you guys hear me? Yeah, okay, cool. Sorry. Um, yeah, when I first started streaming um, as a disabled streamer, I had a very, I, I think I, I um, in retrospect, that I had a very narrow. Uh, view of what being a disabled gamer actually is and now that i've had a chance to talk to other people and not just my fellow panelists but other uh disability advocates um that uh through reddit or through twitter it's it's amazing the type of things that these people actually have to go through and ratters in particular gives a big get deserves a big thumbs up from me because not only does she stream all the time when she's drop dead tired but she's a gamer grill, and she gets herself all gussied up to look nice for her audience, and that's yeah, not an easy thing to do when you're ready to crash all you, the time. You weren't always physically disabled, were you? Uh, me, no, 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 no. I, um, unlike uh, some other members of the Imperium uh, that are physically disabled, and there are a few of us, uh, 
I was injured in a diving accident. As, um, so it's not like a disease, like a neurological or genetic disease that I, uh, that I have that keeps me from moving my fingers. You sustained an injury and now um, you play video games with a special equipment that allows you to play with. Uh, how much mobility do you have? Um, I can move my arms, um, and that's kind of it. I can, um, I can kind of move my wrists a little bit, but, uh, the majority of computer action I do, uh, computer interaction that I do is, uh, by moving my arm or this, using the sip and puff mouse or voice commands. And those are really the three things. The three yeah. things that I use, yeah. And those are covered in the, the small documentary that uh, they're going to play at TwitchCon on, on you, yep. right? Uh, I, I'm not sure if they'll play it, but um, we, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we posted it on YouTube. It's been getting a lot of traction. It got um, retweeted by Curse of all people, and I have no idea how or why that even got on their radar, but it did. So that's cool. I feel like yes. Matterall baited me in tonight. I have so many questions, and as I'm sitting there thinking of my questions, like that's not appropriate. Don't ask that. That's not appropriate. <laughs> oh, no. you can't do that either. Oh, I really? wouldn't be offended. No, I mean, I actually. Well, I, so I have a. Screen. I don't know if yours is degenerative. Or, I have a friend that, um, that tried to jump his Camaro, and he did jump his Camaro. And, oh dang! Okay, so there's so, there's so much what? wrong with that sentence. Trying that to jump his like Camaro. A, yeah, let's start with Camaro. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds like a spinal cord injury. Then that's anyway, actually what he, I have. He, yeah. he lost the ability to move everything except for pretty much his left arm, and uh, he could only Ooh. talk by computer for a little while. And it's been like say 20 years, but Fred can walk again now. Like he can't really talk right anymore or whatever. But yeah, like he for a while he was wheelchair bound, and he could only he had a computer to say stuff to us, and he could only move like his left hand. And like he, had, we gave him, he ended up. It was weird. He had a little stick to smoke cigarettes with, and I, it was like super grim because this dude was like evil Knievel growing up, and he always he it wasn't just one car he jumped. Like he had jumped like tons of cars and shit like that. And this one oh, kind man. of fucked up pretty bad or whatever. But it, anyway, like the it, after a while, he had, he was able to he's now able to walk again. He can like move both arms and shit. It's taken him years and years of constant physical therapy, like two decades. Yep. yep. Oh yeah, yeah. And, also, there's and, a lot of advancements in that area, isn't there? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. Um, especially when it comes to um, the like first 24 hours after injury, which is probably the most critical. If there's if a patient or someone who sustains that kind of injury is going to have any hope of major recovery, um, they need to be seen as you know as soon as humanly possible. And they have these new treatments uh, to kind of minimize the amount of neurological damage. So. People are not only um, surviving after injuries like this, but they're thriving. And this is um, and this is why it's uh, so important to discuss disabled gaming because we have a great deal of global instability coupled with a medical establishment that can al- allow us to live past ridiculous things that people, you know, twenty years ago, thirty years ago, would never have survived. So now these people have to thrive. These people have to find something to do with their lives. And um, gaming is, it's, it's benefits. I mean, I can't even begin to describe them. Um, I, I, it's uh, the feeling of being able to uh, interact socially with friends who are playing the same game. Um, it's the ability to affect the world around you, um, even if it's a virtual world. Um, all of these things, uh, it's way better than Prozac any day of the week. It gets very philosophical at a certain point because, you know, you're 
you're not using your body in video games. None of us are, except our, you know, the our fingers and hands and, and eyes and you stuff like that. You may have not seen me play video games. Overall, <laughs> I'm not talking about like throwing a computer out the window and you get frustrated or anything, but um, it seems like we, it's kind of an equalizing field uh, in some respects. You know, uh, Gamal, actually, Jay, uh, I believe, knows something about this topic as well, because uh, are, is that something you were willing to talk about, Jay, or not? Yeah, no, actually, me and uh, Gamal have talked about, uh, well, we've talked about parts of it as far as uh, disabled veterans. And, you know, I mean, a veteran at yep. an hour is committing suicide right now, right? And yeah, it's a lot of way that, too high. Well, and then you also have <clears throat> this, <clears throat> disabled folks, right, that are, you know, in the same boat. Those numbers aren't tracked very well. Um, but when you go from being a healthy, you know, however old you are doing what you're doing to where you can't even, you know, move, you can't go to the bar and hang out with your friends, you can't, you know, you can't do much of anything. That social component becomes so important. And, you know, there's disabled folks or disabled veterans, you know, a lot of times, you know, whether it's a failed suicide attempt or whatever they're talking about, you know, they felt isolated. They, you know, they're completely isolated because whether it's the mental component or the physical component or both. You know, they just they're not able to do what they used to be able to do, if anything. Right. Yeah, that's true. And on top of everything, it's um, we also in, in addition to advocating for ourselves and make, trying to make sure that uh, people know that, you know, hey, we exist and we want to buy your video games. Uh, just help us get, you know, help us play them. Um, it shoot. I'm sorry. I have a brain fart. Sorry. Keep talking. Yeah, I'll jump in here and point out that <clears throat> while it is true about most gamings that, 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 you know, having gaming as a form of therapy for disabled people is valuable, I think that this is even more true in EVE because it hits a lot of those beats. Uh, I was just listening to uh, the, the I can't remember the name of his podcast. He's going to get so mad at me. Rick Javix's podcast, After Hours, that's what it was. He did. He had a podcast, or he did an episode with uh, Max Singularity, and there, Max Singularity coined the, the phrase uh, reflective reality as opposed to augmented reality in which the game is laid over our real world. In reflective reality, you place yourself into the game and interact with other people through it and, and experience things, and, and it's like a an alternate reality in which you... Um, project yourself into. Um, he explained it way better than I did. But the the point is, is that you know Eve has all of those beats, even in the lore, right? Because we're not our physical bodies; we're infomorphs, and our our physical bodies are just you know things to hook up to computers to us. And so it's very interesting to see uh, the disabled uh, disabled pe- uh, members playing video game or you know Eve movement, the the sick children in like. Uh, care for kids and all and even broadcast for reps where we acknowledge that we're interfacing with other human beings in a way that a lot of other gaming communities don't do yeah i i mean i totally agree with that and i uh have been lucky enough to be on the receiving end of um the generosity of the eve online player base um and i definitely i mean i don't know how i'm gonna find them i think there are going to be a couple ccp folk at twitchcon i hope to be able to hunt them down garden but mimic. oh yeah there we go guard garden mimic is that it yep okay well i'll try and hunt those guys down uh but at the panel i do intend to give eve a shout out because it is one of the most accessible games that i've ever played um and it was my first introduction to 
the MMO genre in general, which is why I kind of have trouble playing stuff like Arcage and uh, Black Spirit or uh, or Black Desert or uh, what's it called uh, World of Warcraft. I don't, I can't handle that because I'm not used to it. I'm used to Eve, so um, it's weird. It's weird. It's also uh, there's a few people have been commenting in chats, and I and I kind of was confused at first. So I just want to point out. Uh, Gommel is the accessible gamer, right? So you you were on actually last week, right? He's on, uh, he on right before I, the show. Yeah, but yes. you're, but you you had a you went with your your tag of accessible gamer, and this time you have your your in game name. So there's been a little bit of confusion. So I just wanted to clear that up for everybody. Ah, uh, yeah. And thanks also for Astrothy for breaking out the uh, the metaphysical part that I was trying to get to that I uh, failed at. Stealing uh, your thunder, man. Yeah, That's what I'm here for. It's awesome, and when you do. Uh, thanks very much. Um, feel free to hang around. Uh, we'd love to keep you here. We're going to shift into the, I'd love to, but I actually have to bounce, but thank you guys so much, um, for having me here. And I just wanted to, before I go, just give a big thank you to everybody that has donated to help me get safely to San Diego to spread this message. And I'm going to do everything I can to live up to the responsibility. Are you coming to Vegas? Unfortunately, not this year. Man, um, I knew something I was going to safely donate to get you in Vegas. It's possible <laughs> that we might do Vegas next year. It's something I'd have to talk over with my wife, and it depends on how this trip goes. Although, oh. if we end up going to the yacht, then I have a fairly good sense that it'll go well. I don't think your wife's going to like the joke that I just told. Yeah, exactly. I said on it too. Um, well, good luck. Uh, we're glad. Is that is that still something people can donate to? The uh, or uh, yeah, yeah. Um, actually, there is a link at the very right underneath. There's like a purple little logo, and that links directly to my Twitch alerts page, where you can uh, throw a donation, and it'll go directly to my amenities trust fund and. That um, when and it w isn't shared by uh, um, TMC, which is the point. Well, cool. Thanks again. Good luck. We'll uh, see you at uh, TwitchCom. Yep, I'm looking forward to it. I'll see you guys. Uh, I'll see you guys around. Thanks you so much for having me. Later, Gamal. No problem. Thanks. Adios. All right. Um, let's get on with uh, some stuff that happened in Eve. That's pretty interesting. Uh, might as well start with. Later on, we're going to talk about TMC, but I do want to make this one announcement. Uh, we have a new editor at TMC, and her name is Rivra. She has now become an editor for um, what what will be uh, the Imperium News, Imperium.News, uh, along with uh, myself and a few other people. And so really happy that uh, she got picked and moved up. Um, so she's often on the show, so we wanted to like acknowledge her. We'll talk later about TMC. I want to get into Eve, and one of the bigger stories out there right now is the Elf Clones. And uh, Astrothy, you recently talked to CCP Siegel. How'd that go? Yeah, so there's actually kind of a story behind it. Basically, I think about a day or two after the Alpha Clone announcement came out, uh, CCP Siegel direct messaged me on Twitter and was like, hey... I'm interested in talking to some podcasters about about stuff. And, and so if you remember, I was collecting questions for a little while. Um, but then, you know, she's an executive producer overseeing one of the largest changes in, in the video game history. So obviously, and the CSM Summit was going on and everything like that. So there was just no time to do anything. Um, so it kind of got bounced back and forth. And meanwhile, I had to polish up the questions a little bit because a lot of people asked very kind of design focused questions like how is this going to work and how is that going to work and that isn't really 
what she's there for. You know, as an executive producer, she kind of has the overall vision and it's up to the designers that kind of figure out the nitty gritty, you know, case by case basis of things. And so it took us a little while to, to not only sit down and be able to talk, but also make sure that all of our questions were as high quality and to provide as much information as we possibly could. Um, and then ultimately we, we sat down, sh- uh, shot it and I put it out the next day on crossing zebras. So, um, we talked a little bit about like the November expansion, PVE and all that sort of stuff, but most of the focus on it was about alpha and omega clones. Right. So you can catch that crossing zebras. Uh, the interview is only about uh, 20 minutes. Yeah. After we're, uh, with final editing, it was only like 20 minutes long. Does everybody have a chipmunk voice? No, there was no chipmunks involved, <laughs> which was great. Uh, I learned so much. So, uh, for those of you who don't know, I just did a lore update about a week before that. And, uh, for some reason there's some problem and the there's they're recorded at all different speeds and so while i managed to get the actual like conversation to line up correctly i didn't quite get the pitch correctly and so everybody came out as chipmunks and i got totally made fun of for that but uh i learned a lot but it was lower so it kind of played into it yeah you know whatever (laughs) so but uh no this one thankfully the the oxygen was thinner where they were talking (laughs) yeah yeah, no, I mean, I yeah, you know, I listened to this interview with Siegel the other day. Um, I you know, I thought it was I thought it was good. Um, I wished that it had actually been done after the minutes, right? Because then at least apparently there would have been you know I think a little bit more meat to to speak with her, uh, you know, about. But yeah, you know, there's always that thing of you know you do you, you do those things when when they're available. Well, again, the the original goal was actually she even said to to me that it was important to her to come to the podcast community because instead of doing like just normal press releases or talking to or interviewing with various media magazine, you know, online places, uh, like a Kotaku or something like that. Uh, she wanted to do it with podcasters because a Eve does have a really strong, you know, media community and that deserves some respect, but also that she felt that she didn't, she, she really wants to have the message be for us, the people that actually play Eve already. So I can respect that. But the the original goal was to kind of get ahead of the announcement, right? It was supposed to come out like a day or two or maybe, you know, less than a week after the original announcement. And so the idea was to kind of get any of those initial reactions or concerns or fears allayed. But uh, obviously, a lot of that process had already been done. A lot of people, you know, there's good forum conversations. There's been good Reddit conversations. There's been good blogs and stuff. Uh, And overall, the EVE community have kind of, come to grips with what it is that they're they're looking at here um so this interview ended up being a little bit different than it was originally intended to be yep yeah that's all right and so the csm just finished it is their summer right the end of their summer summit yep. it, it, well i think they just renamed it as just the summit because they they made they brought everybody and they merged it into one big thing yeah, but so, yeah, but it's still referred to as the summer summit. The next one will be the winter summit. Yeah. Any uh, any rumors on how that went? Uh, well, I, I've I spoke to Jintan and he said it was awesome. You know, like I've heard but he always says it's awesome. That's true. But I mean, like all of the key players have all walked away and said that it was great. And I haven't I personally haven't heard anybody say anything negative. So I'm agreed. I'm pretty pumped uh, for for what it's going to be. But, uh, you know, Do you think they have a pact among themselves not to be bad and to like just not air dirty laundry kind of thing. I, no. I, I, I think that as long as people like Zenoria and um, um, oh, gosh, I can't I remember his Gareth name. Probably. Garth uh, as, or not Garth. Um, what's his name? Aerith. No. Aerith. 
no, the guy uh, who runs or who's a moderator Gorski. on Reddit. Gorski. Oh, Gorski. Yeah. yeah. As long as those two people are on we were the CSM. With my name for a second. No, well. <laughs> that's that's part of. Anyway, uh, so as long as those two people are are on the CSM, I think that any kind of background information will be exposed very quickly. <laughs> that's my that's my assumption. I mean, I don't I don't know that they necessarily have a pact um, to to, uh, you know, I'll call it behave publicly or only say positive things publicly or anything like that. Um, you know, I'm sure that, you know, they've all said, hey, let's not let's not you know ruin this with any unnecessary drama. But I think that if something were to happen, you know, that somebody on there would let you know, would let it out that, uh, you, know, you know, that something went down. Well, I think it, it just doesn't sound like anything has. I think there's more of an unspoken, you know. Agreement Are we talking about how awesome this CSM is? Yeah, 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 nice. yeah, for sure. Okay, so how here's drama the deal. free? Let's not <laughs> like, say. Let's, no, no, no. Let's not say so awesome every until we CSM has their summit. Yeah, when they all get to go to Iceland. Yeah, and for every CSM before this one, directly after the summit, you got a whole bunch of noise about what went on at the summit. You heard just about everything that was coming up. If you knew where to listen, you could hear all the shit constantly, nonstop. This year after the summit, you didn't hear shit. Nobody said a fucking word. It's perfect. You actually did your whole goddamn job. You went to the meeting, you talked to the people, you represented us as players, and then you kept your fucking mouth shut, which is a goddamn stunning revelation as far as the all the CSMs before it went. Baby steps. Uh, and I think that's the one thing they've done that the rest of them haven't done that's super important. Well, I think everybody like, was probably also worried that, you know, with the level of toxicity that's been building up, that if it didn't go well... <laughs> There might not be a CSM going forward. Everybody that like I've talked to that's on it though says there isn't that much toxicity. Like even no, even no, uh, this year. yeah Last even Zanuria uh, yeah even Zanuria who was like supposed to be the the aides that got sent to Iceland from the player base or whatever. Like, it was like well, the whole Taha joke. <laughs> like well, everything like, I've heard is Zanuria has like, been doing great. And, right yeah and even him people else. say he's in 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 person and like I met the dude in person. He's nowhere near what he is on the internet. Right like in in person he's. Kind of calm and reserved, and like that guy bugged me for fucking eight months. And when I finally walked up to him and met him, it took him three days to work up the courage to talk to me, and I had to hug him blind drunk. <laughs> Give some reassurances. Yeah. So, but like I'm like so in in person, he's much more manageable, I guess, than some of the weird <laughs> shit he's done in the past on the internet. So it's nothing. It, the the meeting, him being a part of it, isn't turning out anything like anybody I think thought it would. So, are, are you trying to say you slipped him a roofie? Oh no! I didn't slip him shit. No, I, I like the idea of uh, him being a, a a diseased blanket that you send over to the support. Well, yeah, that was the running joke during uh, the yeah. election. Like, this you is your punishment. Scion, we're going to send this blanket. Yeah, yeah, ha- yeah. There you go. <laughs> Have a nice walk. Exactly. Yeah, but it didn't work out that way. It turns out great. Not only that, the CSM is uh, informative uh, without being leakier than the Titanic, and. Uh, it's not a, a Mexican soap opera that we watch every day. It's pretty good. I like it. Yeah, actually, I I kind of knew it was going to go this way because uh, I, one of the people they have on there who's who's a very strong voice uh, in in the room it would be Aerith uh, from uh, Goon Swarm. But he's a professional, and I think there everybody in there can can raise you know basically bring in a professional side. It's not. We sent more nerds than Aspies this time. Is basically what it amounts to. <laughs> I well, think we sent also, less nerds. Actually, I think that's probably what it is. I think also there was a, a huge upswell of you know bottom up pressure to not screw it up. Yeah, this was definitely a make it or break it year for the CSM, and I'm pretty sure everybody knew it. And and I think that this is a make it or break it year in a lot of ways for everybody because you know this November expansion is you know you only get to do these kind of maneuvers once, and I don't think anyone in CCP is confused about. 
how important the next few months are going to be and how important the last few months have been. No, this is super what? simple, right? This is almost impossible for them to fuck up, yeah? All they have to do is not fuck <laughs> over hilarious. the players that have been playing so far and keep paying, right? Like, everybody here that pays a subscription now, and whether you pay it in Plex or whether you pay it in cash, as long as whatever change they make to the game doesn't have any real adverse effect on us or punish us for, you know, 13 years of loyalty, they can do anything else. So this whole Alpha Omega clone shit, we're, we're already, we already pay. Like, we're not, we don't give a fuck, yeah? I mean, and if your subscription yeah, runs awful, out, dude. now the change is you'll actually be able to log in. Just don't do it if you're in a Titan. It's, it's okay. It's, it, it's bad for you. But still, you can log in even when your subscription runs out, which now it's like we actually had a dude the other day on a fleet. We were shooting something. Uh, f- fucking Fortizar for Seed Nellis, I think. Anyway, and in the middle of the shoot, dude's Aeon subscription runs out. Well, that won't happen anymore. Like, that's actually a, a benefit we get. That, that, he won't be able to leave the system for sure, and he'll probably lose control of his fighters. But who fucking cares? He puts his credit card information again like he did last night and just rejoins fleet. We don't have a dude that crashes because his client closed. And, uh, but other than that, as long actually, as they don't... Actually, if his subscription dies in the middle, of, it, it doesn't take any effect until the next session change. So basically, he would have to either disconnect or log out, and then when oh, he logs perfect. back even, in... I mean, that's even better. But like, as long as they don't fuck us... It doesn't matter. There's nothing but good that can come out of this. If they right. start fucking with the things that like we have done and, and what we are as players or whatever, or what we have access to as, as pay- players, like, then they might run into some serious, serious problems because I mean, there's not very many of us, let's be fucking honest. The player base is really, it's like smaller than the state of Jersey at this point. And, and, like, <laughs> and then how many, are running, how many yeah, dudes so are running I mean, 60 accounts, right? <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, like, as long as they don't really destroy that ecosystem this can only be really good for the game um because a lot of free-to-play games have pretty decent populations people just try them out uh being asked to pay 15 dollars to try eve out all the time is probably a little bit much but try it for free sure i'll try it for free maybe you have fun get blow somebody up in a caracal like you did that for free one of the things that used to bolster the numbers was uh people who were multi-boxing and i wonder like since the game has kind of gone away from that if those numbers uh, if this system is actually going to help bring that back a little bit, like people who run more than one account at the same time. I don't want that, though. I, if it does that, I feel that's bad for us. Like but getting rid of all the people that ran more than one account. Define though. Yeah, that's, any, that's any form of that. I don't like that. Like, that. like I would rather the positions that those multi-boxers, like if a dude's running like 10 accounts or whatever, I'd rather that dude feel like he'd rather have nine buddies. Um, right. Have, no, yeah, I, I just don't want to do, see that. That's, that's What you that's need to do is numbers. make it so that you can multi-box, but it's not necessarily the optimal thing. Um, the, the, the secret is, and, and this is something that we were talking about before the show even started, but um, the, the problem with the conversation of multi-boxing in EVE is that people very quickly kind of automatically lump it in with people that are either botting or multiplexing, i.e. sending out a bro- multi-broadcasting to different clients with one keystroke. If somebody is legitimately playing two to three characters, like for instance, if somebody wants to run level four missions with three alpha clones, uh, Alaji and two other dudes, and he alt tabs between them all and he manages all three clients, I think that that's a valid game style and it should be fine. Just like um, you know, in other games, what happens is, is you'll see people uh, multi-box to complete older content or maybe attempt to do dungeons or whatever. But as long as 
the throughput of the person behind the the ships is only one person then that should be a limiting factor the problem with eve is that so much of the process is automated right once i've hit f1 i'm going to keep shooting until i run out of ammo and as long as i if i put orbit and that's what i need to do now that character is just free to be left alone whereas in other games like world of warcraft each character requires constant active attention which is what limits is the limit to those multi-boxers and more importantly is the challenge that those multi-boxers are seeking in eve in order to alt reach tab. that level say again to alt, alt tab, tab and then hit macro alt tab and hit macro well, yeah, but I mean, like, well, even in, in, in WoW, you can only macro to a certain extent because one key press is only one action. So, you know, there, there's limits in those games as well. So my point is that, you know, I think yeah, that like it should IS be... Yeah, like boxers encouraged in World of Warcraft. I mean, there was a guy playing in the tournaments 5v5s, you know, one, one dude slaving all his mages and, you know, wiping people out, and that was encouraged by Blizzard. Yeah, of course, their numbers were slipping in. Like, things like IS Boxer gives you a... And that's why I hate it, right? Like, that's why I hate the whole multi-boxing thing. It's fake. The The number of people logged into your game or active in your game is not real. It is well, a me... phantom. It could be, like, if you show 10,000 people and it's and you got all those dudes doing, like, 10 accounts, like, it's not really 10,000 people at all. And it's 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 Actually, way lonelier than it seems. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Um, if this alpha clone change does anything, if it if all it does is make it so that we no longer can look at the numbers and be like, oh, that's how many people are there. Like, who cares? Who cares how many people are on it? All that matters to me is how many people I run into while I'm running right, around. Right, exactly. Know? Yeah. So, but but if, if, if somebody's going to multi-box, let's say 60 miners in, in ventures or some crap, right? I mean, that's like content I mean, on a silver platter. <laughs> it right. could be. And, I mean, it could be. And I, I, think that, I, guess. I think that that's the good example, right? So, so you could... Yeah, it's like a pasture of cows to a wolf. You could multi-box 60 ventures on alpha accounts, but and that's, that's one of the fears that kind of people bring up. But let's break that down for a second. If you, are, if you have 60 accounts that you're actively using and you're not using ISBoxer and you're not botting any of them, then I would challenge to say that those accounts are probably efficient enough that it would be better for those to be 60 Omega accounts and it would be better enough to justify actually plexing those accounts if you use them at any length of time. And so a lot of these fears about alpha multiplexing or uh, multiboxing kind of collapses because at a certain point it either becomes too much of a nuisance to do it or it's just more efficient to use omegas. Well, exactly. Like like if I'm going to replace my 60 exumers, right? It's going to take me you roughly It's going to take me roughly <laughs> where, where are you at, Jay? <laughs> We're going to lance you, man. Yeah. Well, anyways, um, it's going to take me, you know, friggin', you know, what, 180, roughly, uh, alpha clones to max the same throughput. And what computer is going to be able to run that? And who's going to be able to reasonably control that many tunes? Well, but then again, you kind of don't necessarily need the same throughput because you're not, um, you're not plexing all those accounts in the process. Oh, I don't They're, collect my shit. I pay for it. <laughs> well, you know, or pay, you know, or pay for it, you know, you know, with cash, right? To where you feel as though, with the investment that you're making, that you need to have a proportional, you know, out outflow of of you know either ISK or or resources, you know, or whatever. Well, it depends on what you're doing. I mean, if you're if you're pumping out, you know, four desires, or you're pumping out a you know Keepstar every month, you know, you, you kind of need that throughput, right? I mean, it, the idea that somebody might actually be out there running. 60, you know, 50, 30 alphas. Um, 
I don't know. I just can't see that being something that is all that interesting that you be wanting to put in all that effort in order to be running these kind of low quality characters. Dirk, do you know what game you play? I I, I do, I do, and I know that this is a game of alts, and it always has been, um, which is why I don't have a problem with with allowing alphas to multi-box, just because omegas can multi-box, it is a part of this game. Where I have a problem with it is the mixture. I do not believe that you should be able to mix alpha and omega to create mixed multi-boxing you like scenarios mixed, mixed racial thing that's, no, a, that, yeah. that's an interesting well hold on let me let me counter argument to that so let's say i want to just multi-box two guys in missions right so i want i bring my own dude in a vexer my alpha clone vexer and then my my main is boosting and because he's boosting because you remember boosts are now on grid i'm in a command ship on grid and it has to be an omega clone so now I have an Omega clone supporting an Alpha clone to get uh, working together. You would uh, you would suggest that that should not be able to be done. I think that most Omegas, okay, and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that word most out there, like you know it, it means something or whatever. I would think that most Omegas um, um, will, if they can, find a way to leverage free accounts to support their Omegas, but. If they can't do that, then they'll want to stay as just full Omegas. I don't want to find any reason why we kind of encourage people to allow some of their existing accounts to to unsub because they know that they can do this with with Omegas or I'm sorry with Alphas. Yeah, I want I Alphas think... to be able to have the opportunity to understand that this is a game that is leverageable to multiboxing because it is, and until such time as they make changes away from that um i want them to be able to have that experience because i want them to you know get the kind of enjoyment out of it at that alpha level that tells them you know what i want to up my game into omega level well and let's be honest if they actually killed multi-boxing um the eve economy would probably collapse <laughs> yeah, yeah I think absolutely that would be some fall off or fallout for sure definitely i mean how many super builders how many titan builders you know how you know, how many fortizar builders are multi-boxers a lot yeah, I, I had somebody ask me if I would have a problem with somebody running three accounts in a Plex during faction, in Faction Warfare. And I said, no, not at all, because there's only one person behind those three. And I feel that I can leverage by focusing on my one ship. I can cause him to make mistakes as he's being distracted between his three. Oh, of course you can. And th- and that's the big difference between and that's why uh, going back a little bit to the, the statement about IS boxing being allowed in WoW. Like, that's important. Yes, that's absolutely true. Because if you want to do multi-boxing in uh, PvP scenarios or any sort of, like, high-end scenarios with that kind of thing, there's kind of two ways to do it. I had a buddy of mine that did a warrior and a priest together. So they they very complemented each other. But at the same time, he couldn't do it very much because it's a massive mental taxation to to be running two completely active characters in PvP. Um but also, he, he there's no way he would have been able to do three or four or five. So then there's the other side of things in which I get six or seven people all identical. So like six mages or five mages. And I put them all in a group together. And they all behave as one. So when I attack with one, I attack with five. The counter to that is that if somebody like blows me up or or... or pulls me away or cc's cc is a much more popular thing in world war uh, sorry crowd control capabilities are way more popular in those kinds of games and so that is it's just easier to mess with 
uh, multi-boxers in that kind of environment. And so in, in World of Warcraft, it's allowable because it works within the context of their game. In EVE, I think that the balance is significantly different, which is what led to the IS boxer ban. Well, I mean, it's not really banned, is it? Uh, yeah, it uh, multi, well, multi-broadcasting from ISBoxer. All of the good functions from it. Exactly. I mean, yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> The, the multi-boxers I know do it because, like, let's say, for example, PvE or, let's say, mining, the, the most despised activity in EVE, um, it, doing one account sucks. It's freaking boring. I mean, it's, it's not even worth putting it on and watching Netflix, you know? There's well, you need idea. at least one, one sino, sino alt. Uh, I'm sorry to but, interrupt this flow of talk, but uh, just, I'm still laughing at Grath saying uh, <laughs> you have nine, uh, or they mining ships? Because he sounded like the big bad wolf, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> just like- so uh, there I think it was in Eve Vegas a few years back there was a dude who was talking about um uh null sec exploration like doing running 10 of 10s in his widow and like the whole time he was bragging about it and the first question he opened it for questions is like so what's your in game name and the guy's like joker and he's like spelled j o k e r and he's like yeah he's like all right and he walked away that was the that was the end of the question <laughs> there was just this silence where it was like that dude's going to die <laughs> Yeah, you know, speaking of that, I want to air my small complaint about Eve's current mechanics. So, like, I like the new Age of Sov, right? And I'm a big fan of the Citadels, except for how to blow them up. Because you show up at this predetermined time that this guy sets, and everybody sets it for 15 minutes before or after downtime, except for the people that want to lose theirs. And we have one that's set by OSS, and it's set for, like, 4 p.m. my time. And I was off, like, a couple days, so I hit it once just to see, because one Nyx on, on a medium one is the, is the damage cap. And if I'm in two jumps of PL, then I'm, I'm, I'm safe, right? I'm two, two gates away. I got a sign on my shit. It's fine. So I go, and I just, I just shoot it just to see what happens. 24 minutes. I sit there. You know, no, there's nobody there to defend it. Okay, I get a timer. I got to come back tomorrow and do it again. I come back tomorrow. I do it again. Then I get a timer. Seven fucking days. <laughs> they didn't defend it once, and it's seven days, right? So I had to work late today, uh, and it's – I missed it. They didn't rep it. Nobody was there to fix it all day long. So I can shoot it again tomorrow, but then I'll have to wait seven more fucking days. It's all about, it's all about commitment, Graph. and apparently you were uncommitted Two weeks to, is going to, to take me to, to, to blow final, this piece of shit up. <laughs> the final push. <laughs> Well, the, the the flip side of that is there are people who go on vacation for two weeks, and so I don't give a I don't give a damn. <laughs> I I remember when when uh, CCP who was it that came on to talk about I can't remember anybody's name tonight. What is going on? Uh, sleep. What? Where were they Probably talking about? Well, the way he came on to talk about the Citadel. So it was the Citadel guy. Oh, Null Arbor. Uh, yeah, Null Arbor. That's right. He's no longer, but he was. Yeah. That, well, he was talking about how you know. They they had to make the choice of whether or not the schedule would work for the defender or work for the attacker, and ultimately they opted to work for the defender because the attacker has enough other cap- other capabilities of kind of leveraging it in their favor, right? It should not take me 14 days to remove something that the player wishes to not defend. It, it doesn't take dumb. 14 days. It takes seven. It, it, you missed it. it. Does. Fuck you. It, well, it no, take because 14 the, days. Because the first... The, the From first the day I decided that, that, that this thing has to die, like, I mean, I get, I can only shoot it for 14 minutes. Like, it's not like I could have come home, like, 20 minutes late and fucking, and maybe gotten it, like, you know, but no, because it's only there for 15 minutes. <laughs> well, you know what you yeah, should do is cover the bets window. and hit, like, three or four of those. 
Now, the thing that gets me and the thing that boggles my mind is the fact that uh, time dilation isn't compensated for by the DPS cap. Like, that's what blows my mind when it comes to how to blow up Citadels. Because it makes no sense to me as, like, an in-universe perspective to think about it like the more people that are in system the stronger the defenses of the structure like we understand that time dilation is a slowing down of the simulation but it's actually impacting the simulation because now they actually require a higher amount of of dps to hit hit the same thresholds and that I, i just i don't understand that logic at all i don't think i don't think it was by design to be frank with you i mean it's a piece of broken code to be Honest. No, I have brought it up many times, and, and, as, and every single time I've brought it up, CCP has defended the fact that it is the way that they want it to be. Now, if no, they want to come, come around and change it. Because they can't fix it yet. But. How, many times, how, many, how, many, how many screwed up features, quote unquote, of old POSs and POS warfare did they defend back in the day, too, as a intended as, you know. <laughs> I mean, but that, that deeply concerns me even better, or even more, if, if that is true. Because... In my opinion, there's kind of two different CCPs. There's the Old Guard, which effectively failed in Incarna. And then since then, they have really rebuilt an entirely new kind of vision crowned by CCP Siegel. But I almost feel like the current design and development team are not the original builders of EVE. They're the inheritors of EVE that are functioning under the original vision in order to maybe do correctly Uh. what a bunch of Icelanders who didn't know how to code in the first place tried to do. Right? You would be yeah. right if it wasn't still the same company that runs the whole show. And so the same company still dictates that that company is never wrong. Well, no, no I, I, I get that. But what I'm saying is, that like, like you even said, with Citadels, they actually went back to the original design documents for POSs and was like, okay, so what if we did these right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and, and I see a lot of the changes are, you know, they're working within the system and, um, and kind of building it to, to be kind of a better designed game. Um, but you can only go so far because it's built on years and years of, of legacy painfully painfully terribly written code apparently and so what bothers me is that if they're building new features that continue because the whole point of building the citadels was to get rid of all of these problems of legacy code so if you're just going to straight up start accepting problems in the right, design legacy code, right then then i i reject that you need to we, no Stop, well, stop also, building that wait, stuff. Real quick, a, shout out to whoever your, your video engineer is because I like the way that the little video in the middle seems to follow along all the shit we've been talking about all day. That's pretty cool. Good I mean, here's a serious, a serious question. Fancy. Right? When when you build a house or you build a building or something like that, you know, you you're you're expecting to be building something that's going to last fifty or a hundred years potentially. Um, I don't know that when they were first programming this game, they had any idea that they'd be re- revisiting code from ten years prior. Well, well it's not just that. Like, like in the programming universe, like in programming space, our methodologies for how we code has significantly changed over the sure. last, you know, decade, fifteen years. Well, it's worse than that. I mean, I, I don't know how many of you guys are beta players, but Eve was designed essentially, you know, coded essentially by one guy. There was one right. guy who built Eve. I mean, almost all the ba- you know, the, the major functionality of Eve, all the framework, all of that was made by one guy. And he's the only and, guy that knows it. And if I recall, they had a falling out, uh, Hilmar, and he... Uh, yeah, if, well, so, so the out. legend goes. Yeah, so the legend goes. Oh, Twi- right. Twitch chat. And that's why the whole legacy code thing... I mean, like, you'd think 
you'd just be able to like hit a, unless the dude got hit by a truck or something. You'd just be like, "Yo, how did you do this so we could unfuck it?" But he's he obviously got, he not got dicked telling. Over. No, he got dicked over. Um, he got dicked over out of his severance and all kinds of other stuff. But the, the bottom line is, he walked away, dropped the microphone, and said, "F y'all." Right. <laughs> this is before Eve was even launched, though, right? You're talking about that guy, that yeah. But like the pot, like like the, the the code that the pauses were built upon, right? They don't understand how it actually works. It you know works. Oh and how man, it works yeah. And so else. much shit has broken with those things over the years. It is hilarious to see some of the stuff. Like they'll make a change, and towers will just do weird shit. Or like the one year they did whatever change it was, and you when you siege your dread, it just fired all your ammo in one shot or some shit like that. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. It was the most amazing thing ever. People were just like, you just siege your dread and press the gun button once, and the tower go and reinforce. It was amazing. Well, the the, the I mean, they, they talked about this back. I think it was 2012 at at, uh, at in in Iceland, um, and you know they, they 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 said straight up like there are things that we literally have to replace the code because we cannot modify it because right. we just yep. do not have the ability to do so well that was they, always that was always the story through the years related and and the big example of that was the pause code and anything that was attached to pause code so like anytime anybody wanted any changes or whatever yeah i mean oh, so, you know, they, so. they would always fall back and say you know look you don't understand that the, the that the pause code is such a nightmare we just can't do that right now yeah, and oh, that actually, it was a really good point that somebody half made, which is that people need to realize that the original posses were designed to be directly like tied in with with sovereignty. And so, I'm I'm my assumption is whenever they broke that away, somebody just came in and like cut a lot of the connections. But that doesn't necessarily mean that there aren't other pieces that are kind of referencing other parts of the code. Uh, and and I'd love to make fun of them for it, but I've totally I mean. I, I hate to be the, the white knight that defends them all the time, but I have definitely seen code that it would be completely unobvious, but it would create some ch giant change somewhere else because because code is designed around assumptions, right? So you assume that everything kind of stays the way things are. Um, and if you violate one of those assumptions, that's where bugs come in. Well, and, and to your well, point... If you're, wa you're walking into if you're walking into any job, you got to consider yourself... Uh, to try to make yourself irreplaceable. And that's what I've done with jobs I've had in the past before I've started running my own company is try to make myself irreplaceable, meaning they have to have me, they have to pay me to keep me there. And that's kind of like what y'all are hitting on with this is that basically since th that person was irreplaceable with that part of the game, they have to remove it completely out of the game to fix this problem. I, I thought well, you were your own boss, boss though. Well, better quality control. Yeah, I am. Also, I am my uh, own boss now. But there, yeah, there was a time when I, I, <laughs> I did work for. Other so people. you made yourself irreplaceable to yourself. But to the other, the other That's point, a good, story. good strategy that, that Ash was making about the old guard versus the new guard. Uh, I don't know how many of you guys have been self-employed or are self-employed, but you know, uh, trying to change the culture of a company or an organization is not something that happens overnight. No matter how much effort you put into it. I strongly recommend anyone. Um, C.S.P. Siegel's real name is Andy Norgan. Oh God, I might have mispronounced it. Yeah, say that right. No, yeah, because that, well, based on what I'm about to say. So if you look at her other videos, if you if you search for her names, and I'll get you guys a link, she has uh, talked a lot about design uh, by participation and changing cultures of uh, development studios, and uses you know C.C.P. and stuff as a prime example so if you listen to her other stuff that really helps kind of get that helps me understand 
her strategy and why things have happened kind of the way that they have. Yeah, I think if, if you and I have done that research, too, you get an idea of like uh, where things are going. If she was the one actually propelling them, which I'm not certain she is. I'm not saying she's not in control or whatever, but she's her trying style, to. Her, her style, I think, from what I've understood about her management uh, direction is to empower uh, the groups to be doing the work they need to be doing and to be more of a servant to figure out like what what you know, what do you need? I'll, I'll try to get that for you kind of thing. Um, that doesn't mean that the game is like, you know, off the rails or anything, but it's just, uh, it's not more, it's not, I don't know how much of her own influence is actually influencing the game design. It's not something you change overnight. I mean, no matter what. I'll tell you what, cause I don't see, um, you know, a lot of, some of the stuff that I see, I see from Vegas. Like when I think Astrothi, you and I were in the, um, I think it was the role playing room where they were talking about, uh, we, we were kind of saying like, Hey, whoa, now. We were, you guys were in the role-playing role play room. room. <laughs> Which you one know, of you they, was the yeah. sub? They have costumes when you walk in and you pick what you want to be, you know, and then, no, no, I, I'm talking about. I think that's called BDSM. Yeah, I forget <laughs> what it was actually called uh, at the time, but um, basically they were talking about lore and how it equates to, you know, informs the universe and stuff like that. And there were people saying, hey, you know, the lore isn't really attached to it. There's no consequences to the race you pick and stuff like that. And just now you're starting to see a lot of that come back with, um, you know, these alpha clones that the race actually matters. Uh, and, um, you know, I, I, I think that that seems to be the results of the feedback that they got in Eve Vegas. To me, it seems like that because it's it, it seems directly related to the kind of stuff, the kind of complaints that we had seem to be addressed lately in the last few months. Yeah. And and actually, Siegel mentioned that in the interview where where one of the points of having the racial locking was um to kind of ease the choice process because uh, the most overwhelming thing I think for new players is just the fact that it's like, well, what do I do? Anything you want. And then the person's just paralyzed and ends up not doing anything. So by, by kind of stepping you through the process, okay, here are the four races. Okay. Now that you are a Mar, that means that you do lasers and you fly armor or, you know, whatever. Oh, you're Kaldara. You probably want to fly missiles and fly shields. And it makes it so that, that those answers for how do I do this becomes you do it this way instead of do whatever you want, which isn't really helpful for a new player. Well, the other thing is, I mean, we're talking about, you know, the, the races and all that. I and mean, one of the things that the CCP has never done good is the newbie experience. Um, they've, and they've outsourced it to player organizations, right? I mean, Eve, Eve University is one, right? And it's something that they've never, never really gotten any, uh, they've never gotten right and they've never really gotten any horsepower behind uh, from a, a dev perspective, in my opinion. Well, that yeah. that's changing, hopefully. Well, it's the new hope, you know. We'll, we'll we'll see. It sounds like it's somebody who explained the problem correctly. So there's a lot of hope that maybe if he sees the problem correctly, that he can fix the problem finally. Like I don't know what the you know, but uh, uh, CCP's got all kinds of different data than what we feel. Like we feel, and what we feel actually changes as we get older and more veteran-like. What they see are statistics, and they're looking at you know how new people uh, are coming and going so quickly where are they coming and going the only thing that we actually know is that a lot of the people that are leaving are pretty much in high sec that's where the big dips were uh, at least last year and uh i don't know how steady the well when you say when you is. say a lot okay if you're talking raw numbers and things like that right which is usually where where they do come up with Sorry, it is a actual... lot compared to everywhere else but not necessarily a lot yeah well 
you would expect that if people were leaving the game, that the highest number of them would probably come from HiSec, just considering the fact that that is also by far the highest population in the game, right? No, but even even but in proportionally, relation. I don't know, right? No, in relation, to, they were actually dipping more. That could be because they lose them to low sec and high and the null sec, as well as leaving the game, right? So, could be. but that's kind of where they said their numbers were. I think um, CCP Fozzie said this on one of the interviews I had with him. That was that they they kind of knew half of why people were leaving, but the other half was kind of a mystery they were investigating. But pretty much, the the numbers were falling out of high sec. You know. But anyway, that's a the whole new player experience is a whole like thing that we can get into. I want to actually move on to Eve stuff in a second. Unless Ashtrotha, you got one last thing on this. Yeah, I was going to say like I've pointed this out before, but I think it's really important as as we're moving into this kind of uh, what what we're hoping to see in November. Uh, a lot of times in the past, we've talked about PVE changes or improving high sec, and people treat it as if it's a zero sum game, as if if we make high sec more hostile then people will move to low sec and null sec but what i think that we have discovered is that that's simply not true if high sec becomes if high sec is not an engaging game then people just leave the game that people go to low and null once they feel that they've gotten their feet underneath them in high sec so um or or when they're dragged in by friends or you know somebody that they've met and so I think that that's a Basically, huge piece of this alpha clone. Cowardice. Well, no, it's not just cowardice. It's, it's, it's you know, <laughs> an, an alpha clone, in, or sorry, in a trial now, in 21 days, you have to decide whether or not you want to commit to this thing. You know, it, it, as a, as a new player, you, you, it's not a question of do I want to stay in high sec or do I want to go to null? The question is, do I like what I'm doing here or do I want to play a different game? And so if people play high sec and high sec is interesting well, and engaging, but then over time you consume it, now it's like, okay, well, there's other people doing exciting things in those other places. I feel like I've mastered where I'm at and want to move on to the next thing. And that's what I, I, I think I, you'll do. I'm not sure I agree with that. A big part of that will be – oh, no, I think he might – like, so say that there was really good group-only PvE, like kind of like – um. Kind of like incursions, where you need like we need like twenty dudes, right? But that shit was only in zero zero, uh, and it maybe 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 it made fuck tons of money, and uh, maybe you even had to have space to even get it to show up, like kind of like your anomalies now. But those things suck. One dude just burns them up. And, and like I'm I'm talking serious ass kicking ones that take like high twenty quality dudes to do. I think you're yeah, describing quality, exactly. worse, uh, wormhole Endgame. escalations. Yeah, sort of, but like, imagine that in zero zero, like not just wormholes. Wormholes suck. There's so much fucking effort that was never gonna be like that. Is the act? That's the other E and Eve. The fucking wormhole effort. Fuck that shit. So dumb. Yeah, I want to go through gates too, but I gotta probe every gate down. Sounds like the best day of my life. Well, they didn't uh, intend people to live there. Wait, Grath, you yeah. were saying? Yeah, but I, I feel like if they put uh, content, like these people like to just they just want to relax and chill in their spaceships and do. This PVE stuff, a lot of them, they just don't want to fight other people. And that's cool. Um, that, that Those kind of people actually serve useful functions now in Zero-Zero Alliances. They, they help keep indexes up, which makes your space harder to attack. So now at this point, you don't necessarily maybe mind so much the, the dude that does nothing but shoot the Red Crosses all day long. But if you made that engaging in some way that required, you know, put a little randomness into it so that 
maybe if it was gamed, it would be have to be gamed in one of three ways, and all three ways would have to be different. Like you're going to get one of three triggers. This trigger has this happened. This trigger has this happened, and none of the triggers are the same. And like you'd have to, you know, I don't, I don't know. But just randomize it a little bit. Fucking make it take more than one dude. Make it take between five and twenty, something like that. And you'll you'll get some people that will leave to go and try that. But you're never going to convince somebody that's risk averse and worried about losing their ship forever. Like as long as that's their thing, they're never going to leave. Right, well, and that's fine, and that's fine. But we should still want them to be part of the game. The whole idea of creating and engaging I, and that's PvE what I'm goes across I, the entire, you know, every area of the game. Right, and that's what I think will entice the larger portion. Of, like, you'll get a big chunk of them that will want to try, like, especially if they know that they can go to some zero zero alliances and won't get, like, you know, membership scammed. <clears throat> let me, so, let me uh, put it to you this way. <clears throat> let me put it to you this experience. way. What if, just as a, as a hypothetical, what if HiSec provided enough content to feel like you're engaged with the game for three months, right? There's enough little things to do uh, here and there that you, you, you play the game for three months. This goes back to the daily login thing, right? Like go out and shoot one rat. One of the things that we've learned is on a long enough timeline, people run into each other. And it's those running into each other that makes the exciting moments that that start everything. And so if we can just create content that keeps them on the treadmill for a period of time, then all of the other guys, the, the enlightened ones, have more chance of, of catching up with them and then killing them and comboing them and then explaining to them what they did I, wrong or, I, you know, whatever it is. I think I can say the, the, the thing I disagreed with Astrothy about earlier was that I don't think you jump into the game and say, well, this game isn't fun. It's more like I, I'm jumping into this game and I don't see a future. Uh, so, so the second part of what you're saying, I think, is totally right, and that is that if you can leave enough breadcrumbs for them to pick up the next one, to pick up the next one, little small things for 30 days, they feel by then they have some kind of a story that they have. They have some assets, they have a story, they have things they're doing, they have things maybe by now that they want to do, um, despite you know what forces are thrust upon them for for whatever reason. Um, I I don't really um, know like what the answer to NP uh, what is new player experience. Uh, is because they've tried a bunch of things and a bunch of things like didn't work. I don't know if they didn't execute them well or if they're just they just didn't get how this game actually works on people, people uh, who are min maxers usually or whatever. But I do want to throw this in just to kind of spin this topic because we've kind of gone over this many many times and other shows have too. This game has a lot of violence, but it doesn't have a lot of like sex. We do need more sex. There's no question. Yeah. Now. Well. Well. Hold on. What there do you mean be, by that? There used to be sex Galente partner. pleasure hubs. Uh, so. Look at look at a game for adults, right? Because this this game is kind of for older people. Like look at the game like uh, The Witcher, for instance. Like that that game has a bit of both and a bit, a lot of both. And uh, isn't that so the whole? Would... Isn't that the reason to play that game? I don't I don't actually see. Again, I think that it doesn't really fit because immortality and sex, generally speaking, don't mix. What? And now are, it might be are you actually boring your way out of this. No, I'm just wow. saying. Like I don't know if it. I don't. Why know don't you want it... to enjoy yourself if you're an immortal? Well, again, there, there was the, the Galente Pleasure Hub, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. like I guess if they add if they added sex into the game, it would just make Galente Space super but freaking look, popular, right? Since I've considered this, and this might be creepier, it might not. But if you were to be immortal, you got to pull out forever because you start fucking around, you might end up banging out one of your great granddaughters by accident or some shit like that. Or could you imagine the uh, the, uh, the population support you'd end up with? <laughs> Grant it from Arkansas, is he? Uh, Jay, what were you saying? I said, could you imagine the collective child support you might end up with? Man, yeah. You, you, so, so <laughs> okay. I, I, 
<laughs> it didn't go the direction that, I thought it would go, but I will say that uh, in my opinion, the goal of high sec. I don't know if I've said it on here before, but um, the goal of high sec should be to educate and to engage. Right. One of the biggest problems with PVE isn't the fact that it isn't fun. It's that it is totally unlike PVP. Rats do not follow the same rules of engagement as other players do. And therefore, PVE experiences are completely uh, unhelpful when it comes to training people as to how to do PVP. It they trains cheat. them low level. So you want better AI. Right, it trains yeah. low level. No, not just, not just better AI, but just AI that follows the rules. Tracking disruptors, newts, everything should, like, like I, I compare it to that, Dark Souls. Like, there has to be a little bit of, like, it can't, if it's the same thing every time, Right. No, yeah, dumb, yeah, there right? has like, to be different has... challenges. I, yeah. I agree with that. But, like, I compare it to Dark Souls. Dark Souls is super hard and super complicated and super obtuse. But they get away with it and everybody lauds it as this great game of game design because it's super fair. Everything has to follow the same rules. No matter what, uh, if you know everything has to be real, exist, and kind of you know operate by its laws of physics. In Eve, that's not true, and that ends up breaking people's um, immersion with the lore. It ends up breaking their ability to understand the game, and it teaches them bad habits. You know, it teaches them things like nosses don't do anything or newts don't do anything, right? It teaches them things like tracking disruptors don't do anything. It teaches them some pretty bad methodology that then has to be corrected by players and that i don't think is a good thing i think that hey, the here's function a question of, though do you, well, for those people the people that know that the people that know that nosses don't do anything to an npc and that tracking disruptors don't do anything to an npc they know that because it's something that well they've learned not by doing because they don't know i mean the people who don't know it don't know it Right, they don't, the they don't know that, that NOS isn't really working on that uh, on that rat. Why wouldn't they know? Oh, I'm they sorry. Have, they a, don't a stop shield disruptor boosting. isn't working on that rat. Well, they're not. They're still hitting me just as good. Are they? Well, I mean, I, I mean, sometimes you miss. Uh, right. Yeah. But I, well, well, like you know. I mean, sometimes. Uh, oh, I must not have gotten it this time, and they can probably think that 10, 15 times before they realize, hey, this thing doesn't work. If but, they're right. not coming from another game, though, they'll be parsing it anyway and looking at their DPS and output. So I, at least I think I people would. reach out anyway, and they're like, you know, well, how do I improve myself? Oh, wait, ECM doesn't work? I won't use that again. But well, I don't well, know. You can actually see when they're missing you, right? So if you're fighting a rat and you tracking disrupt them and they still hit you every time, you're going to go, oh, tracking disruptors don't do anything. Got it. Well, I don't know. I think new players, like, you know, they try the things they're taught and they uh, they hope for the best kind of thing. They don't really know what's going on until much, much later by the time they're already, you know, seeking to really improve. But that's my problem. HiSec needs to teach people and you teach people by 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 walking them through it. Right. Like. Uh uh, and Noisy wants me to point out that that Nosses actually work great on rats, which is true because they've got infinite cap. But but they it functions differently than against players. That's my point. Uh, I mean, I'm gonna have to teach my fiance how to play. Well, eventually wife, but I'm gonna have to teach her how to play, and she's wanting to get into it, and she has characters now, and I'm. It's it's a little difficult to explain things that I've been looking at for you know over a decade now. Well, there's a couple of things I wanted to hit on what Ash was saying about engagement and the progression and the experience, right? I mean, you look at something like WoW or one of those games, not to bring them up again, but they got it nailed down pretty good and they're the biggest, you know, boys on the block. Um, you go into a level 15 dungeon, right? Which is PvE, right? And 
the, the the things that you have to do, the tanking, the DPS, the healing, the, the movement, you got to do it the same as you would in a level 50, level 80, level 100, or even a raid, right? It, it prepares you, it, it, it moves you along, educates you, and progresses you to the end game content, whether it's PvE or PvP, right? And I think that's where, where EVE is really lacking is it's not a progression. It's a complete direction change. I mean, the difference between, let's say, level four missions and doing, you know, escalations in a wormhole is night and day. I mean, it's completely different. Yeah. Ultimately, if we want the population to grow and be, be as successful as it can be, then the notion of here's your ship, fuck you. Um, while it was really fun in the past and created some very good players, uh, I don't think that that is a sustainable methodology <laughs> for the new player experience anymore. All right, Not going uh, forward with the way other games are anyway. I'm going to give uh, Valium one last uh, word on this topic and then we'll move on. But uh, you said you're going to have your fiancé and soon-to-be wife play the game? Yeah, she's she's got a character made up, rolled up already, and uh, she is just at a loss because of the amount of input that has to go into the game, at least learning it, learning how to acquire things, learning how... I mean, when I have to teach somebody to line, I, I just don't think of things like that hardly anymore, and I'm, I'm having to, you know, step by step, you know, help her key this stuff out, and she's starting to learn a few things, but it's very tough. Yeah, so you're getting, as an experienced person, you're getting to see the things that, where people stop, right? The things that block them? Exactly. Yeah, I think that's probably pretty su- pretty surprising for most veterans to to see that. I think every dev should teach your wife how to play uh, Eve. Yeah, I would probably save a lot of marriages. <laughs> anyway, or end um, them. <laughs> I, yeah, I would say probably end them as much as anything else. If you meet well, Eve, <laughs> then it's fine. If you met outside or something, I don't know. You may you may ruin that stuff by trying to teach a a spouse how to play this game. But it might change well, the we'll, code we'll stuff. in a few years. <laughs> Let's see how this works out. We'll get back with you. All right. So uh, Here, the next, let me, I'm telling the magic secret. Yeah. Teach teach her to flirt with the nerds that never leave their house. She'll be rich in like a year, and she'll probably run a yeah. small alliance the year after that. <laughs> Hell yeah. And she'll probably kick up a war the year after that. You know, I did see recently an old video from Eve TV episode one. Uh, it was supposed to be like the 07 show, but uh, this was a long time ago. This was in 2007. And uh, I was amazed at how well it was produced. Let's see if I can find it. That video was so eerie. You linked it to me. And it's like, like there are so many beats in that video because they were talking about um, it was actually the episode in which Hilmar comes on and talks about the CSM formation because they had just had the T20 incident. And so he was talking about growing as a company and coming to accountability. And then also as as they were expanding, they've now decided that they need this better structure for player management. And so they have the, uh, the counselor civil management coming back. And so I was watching that and some of the other stuff in that video. I'm, I hope that you find it and then and link it uh, because it was it was very interesting to watch it given where we are right now. Yeah, I'm looking for it. But one thing that struck me is how serious they were about it. Now it's all about, are you having fun? If you're not having fun, it's not fun. Then don't play it. It's not worth it. Then it, it seemed like um, it seemed very different. The vibe was like, this is a very serious game and you take it seriously. And I kind of miss that. Like, you know, people who, um, you know, they were just, you could see they were just going to meetups and finding out like, hey, these meetups things, they're kind of fun. And yeah, but 2000, okay, you know, 2007, 2008 was a different time. I mean, we can sit there and say that structurally, mechanically, the game was in a worse position back then than it is now. But people, people were enjoying it back then. People were enjoying it in droves, you know, back then. 
know, yeah. I think it was only after, you know, I, I want to say, you know, after time went on, right, that it takes more to keep people interested than what it did back then. Back then it was still, let's call it, you know, fresh and new. Well, well they it, lost. Go ahead. I would say that was back when they had the BPO scandal and they were doing damage control. And then you had the incarnate, the incarnate debacle. I mean, there was two pretty big bumps in the road. <laughs> yeah, those were pretty well spread out, though. I think there was like, what, three, four years in between those two incidents? Yeah, but it was, it was. I mean, the, the thing I'm trying to say is it was, it was, you know, just as soon as they recovered, then they get hit again, right? I see what you're saying. Yeah. And the other problem was that while the first one, like the first problem could be just considered as like, oh, you know, oops, we're a company growing big. You know, the the incarnate debacle was went straight to the core of their philosophy. So I would say almost the 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 T twenty scandal was almost like practice for what drama really is going to be like. Well, and, and all of it in 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 different ways, I think, breached what I would call the trust between the the company and the players in different ways. That's correct. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the thing that I again, the thing that I got out of it was it seemed to be a different tenor uh, to the the film, uh, to the uh, to the kind of broadcast they were doing. They treated it like a real segmented show, um, and here you can find it. It's on YouTube. It's uh, ETV Eve TV episode one. I think they only made one. Unfortunately, it probably took I think, too much work. No, they I think made that more what than you're, one. I think that what you're trying to allude to. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but like. There's a difference between a game company that's talking about itself as a game and a game company that kind of like takes itself seriously. And I think that they still took themselves seriously back then. They they accepted that Eve was an important thing and investment in the Eve was an important thing. And then in recent years, there's kind of a, a more playful vibe to it where where it's like, why so serious? You know, it's just internet spaceships. You know, all that. Well, right, you know, know, and it, I, that, I blame I blame Goon Swarm for that. I mean, they're the I ones. I do. Yeah, they I, kept... but but I also think that it's at a certain point to a certain level of success, it is a, a requirement, or it's almost like a. This is something I've thought about a lot. It's it's almost in your psychology, right? So in a game in which you're forced to deal with the fact that you're building two thousand dollar items that could just be eradicated, and you have to accept the fact that someday it will be eradicated, and you have to jump them into combat, and you have to do the you know put these risks and and scale up further and further and further. At a certain point. You have to stop considering the risk. And in a lot of ways, it reminds me of deployment, like actual, like real combat deployment. Uh, I, I heard a thing before I got deployed, and then I agree with it, which is that for the first week of your deployment, you're totally terrified by everything. Like you're, you know, on guard. And then for the last week, you're totally on guard. But the rest of it, you're like, eh, you know, like you, you get, you get used to it. You, you realize that. If I stay perpetually paranoid about my loss, then I then I can't ever do anything. I'm just paralyzed. So to not be paralyzed, I'm going to go the exact opposite and become effectively carefree. Or where I can't become carefree, I'm going to, as an institution, remove those concerns from the people that work for me to make them work for me. So you see things like SRPs, where it's like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about the losses. We've got it taken care of. And these are mechanisms to combat the quote-unquote Eve is real nature of the loss of Eve. Uh, well, in Eve. But you, went, you went way deeper than I could keep up with. <laughs> but, to me, but, it, but just, it... it just seems like these are the guys that built Eve's reputation, this era of player, and then all these you know kids found out like, oh, there's a really cool game that's very competitive. Let me get let me get good at it and kick their butts too. And it just seems like the new generation is more about like 
what you know what we're doing. Brave new yeah, you don't see you well, don't yeah, see Urshikans and and CVAs as as like big name people. You don't see philosophies that are rooted in game as as the way that we do things. So like everybody kind of organizes around uh, icons or you know figureheads or maybe uh, game styles. But you know back in the day. There's a lot more of which part of the game that you're invested in, and that's what you represent. Like Urshikan was was very strong in the Mimitar versus CBA that was very strong in the MR, and that was a really strong rivalry in the early days. Yeah, and I don't know if they were all like that. It just seemed like a lot of the um, a lot of the stuff was in the game. A lot of the rivalries were in the game in the forums because everybody still wrote in the forums those days, and. Um, the culture was basically in the game. It was just a big game, an unusual game, and a niche game. But then it seemed like all that energy seeped out into other areas where people started to gather, like Kugutsumen, uh later um, Reddit and Fail Heap Challenge and uh, all these other things. But before everything seeped out, it seemed like you know they had Eon Magazine. Uh, they had. Uh, it didn't seep though. CCP pushed it out like they moderated the forums in the most ridiculous fashion imaginable uh, in yeah, their in their quest to be super fair they became idiots and they drove people off you couldn't actually you can't speak on their forums like they they of course moderate any anything that's insulting or swearing or anything like that like and i mean i'm sorry in any civil discourse in any discussion where you disagree with somebody somebody's calling somebody an asshole before it's over it just happens the the moderation in it is is to a point, though, where the conversation on Eve forums is stifled. Uh, and so the content went to places where it wouldn't be stifled. Uh, That's right. To the, I mean, like, at the point, like, you know, for the longest time, Kugutsumin, the word was, like, it was banned off of CPP forums. Like, fucking banned. Like, you couldn't, you couldn't type the word. If you did, it came up blocked, no matter what you did. The, yeah. the actual word would come up, like, blocked, like, just stars. You couldn't make that go away in any way, shape, or form. Uh, and that's because that's the guy that stitched on them for doing all their dirty shit. So, like, that's the kind of weird, petty shit you dealt with on CCP's forums. So people just went other places that weren't moderated by them to talk. And it was nothing, there was nothing anybody could do about it. Uh, well, and, it that's, that. and that's why. Yeah. Well, I think it was that, but I think it was also a, a, a uh, lack of understanding of how to actually engage, right? That, that people aren't logging in, you know, they're not coding spaceships they're coding a platform where people develop relationships right that's eve right i mean how you you know what you do with those relationships and, and how you play with people that's secondary to to really the the community and the relationships and the rivalries and that, all that and they went away from that engagement with the player base and encouraging that engagement between players right and you know with ccp seagull they're trying to come back to that but you know i mean that's in my opinion they, they went away from that completely and they and they're still trying to decide if these alpha clones they, they will be able to access the forums. I think she said yes, didn't she, Ash? Well, she didn't give a definitive answer, um, but she said that she thinks that they should. That it would be pretty pretty lame if they couldn't. I don't know if that's the exact word she used. Well, what she it said is was functionally still easier to get good information for an alpha clone if they go to fucking Reddit than it will ever be for them to go to the CCP forums. Well, because that's not the point. 
the point is whether or not that's part of the engagement. Yeah, I I mean, like, it doesn't, to to me, it doesn't matter because they're not going to get any information. They're going to go to a CCP forums, they're going to ask a question, they're going to get three trolls, one idiot, and four alts of the three (laughs) trolls, and that's going to be who answers their post. As as part of what she said about that, um, whether or not they'd be able to have access to the forums and what her kind of, her view was on it, um, she she said that she thinks that they should um, because they want alphas to, they want it to be possible to play alphas basically forever if you wanted to. And yeah. when I heard that, I'm sitting there saying, God, I mean, I mean, do you guys think that these alpha things that they're coming out with are something that people might want to play forever? Like, like you look at Eve and you sit there and say, okay, with this kind of character, are there really like legitimate players out there that might want to like just sure. do Have you only looked at that? some of the skill sets you can fill out with those things? There's some pretty, pretty little, pretty cool little niches you can make up of characters on those. Yeah, I know that you can make some niche characters, but I mean, you, you, do you think that's like a long-lasting person play, playing the game? I, I don't know. You, you could play, I would say that you could play Eve easily for a year without without running into too many problems with the fact that you only have alpha. Because, I mean, you know, you can fly a cruiser down, right? Like, if you go Faction Warfare, I've been in Faction Warfare for three, for three years. Gnosis. I need to... I need to find excuses to not fly shit that alpha clones can fly. Like, we have to go out of our way to fly anything that, that an alpha clone wouldn't be, wouldn't be able to fly. Uh, yeah, so. I just want to answer Erox in the channel. He said, you know, if they are contributing to the EVE universe, then why not, Dirk? I, I'm not saying that. I think that they will contribute to the EVE universe. I just don't know that there's enough there to be what I'll call long-term engaging Unless some other things in the game change that that um, that does make it overall engaging for them, because they are limited based on what it is that they will be able to do. Therefore, there has to be stuff that is enjoyable enough for them to do in the game to create that long-term kind of alpha-only player. Well, I, I couldn't imagine playing a game where you're not you you, you can't improve past the point um, unless the fun. Because all all I play Eve for is to get better and better and better. And that is, and by better I just mean like accumulate more isk, accumulate more things. Accu- you know, it's like so it's you've you've missed the improving. boat completely. Yeah, I have because I because there is something there is a very very strong group of people in which it's not about constantly getting skill points. It's about maxing out your character and then pushing that as far as you possibly go can go. Right. And that's one of the interesting things here is that, you know, you can have a perfect clone and then people can argue about what they can do with that. They now have a power level. In EVE, this is the biggest problem with, with PvE content is that there is no power level. Level 5s were designed to be group content. But but people just solo it because they get equipment that's strong enough. And a lot of people, like, treat it as if, you know, these high, super high-end stuff is the only way to do it. But that's because they're doing it outside of the original design of their features. They're They're pushing things to their extreme. With something like an alpha clone, they can say, okay, this is the default power level. Now, you can go Omega to cheat over it. But uh, if you look at, like, almost all of the new PvE content that we've gotten this year, especially in, in regards with, like, the events and stuff, all of those are totally doable by by uh, Alpha clones. Um, and well, sorry. You may be right. You may be right about that. The, you know, the, it's the, I think I kind of see Eve as a thousand and one 
Arabian Nights, where they just give you one more thing to do, one more thing to learn, one more thing to get, uh, that kind of stuff. And there's enough of that to keep somebody going for years and years and years. And then the other side of that is somebody who doesn't care about acquisitions, but just cares about having you know fun. And if you're, it's like poetry. If you're limited to it to a certain cadence and a certain amount of sentences, you'll work within that to create something. And I think the alphas can serve that kind of a purpose. I'm limited. I can't go any further. So that worries off the table. Now I'm just going to have some fun for a while. And I wonder I, if that's a lasting proposition. And I think well, that's brave newbies. Well, didn't brave newbies prove that? I no, think because that, we don't know how many came and went. You know, it could have been, you know, like, you know, uh, World War Z, where the zombies are piling up on top of each other so fast. <laughs> the ones at the bottom aren't the same <laughs> ones that, you know, just arrived. Yeah, Brave didn't have good member tracking. Horde has pretty good member tracking. They like, they pay pretty close attention. Most of the So there you go. What, so what's, so what's your, I don't know. You have to ask them. Like, they, they can tell you, like... Uh, they'll break it down to you how many players have played for like less than so much time, so much time, so much time, all the way up to like how many like this guy's been playing for like so many years or whatever. Like how often they log in, what they track all that shit. But I'm not, I don't. Again, we don't have any control over anything they do, so I am aware that they do it all, but I don't get to see any of the information. It's their own. Going back, sorry. He wouldn't tell anyway. <laughs> I would. I would. If I knew, I, that's a... Yeah, because I, I can't remember the number. Like, they told me one time what, number. What kind of they spy spent master are you? I'm not anymore. I don't do that anymore. I, I retired, dude. I gave that you job You retired up. like three years ago, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I don't do much at all anymore besides Roman Marauders and uh, try and kill Astro Houses by myself and my Knicks. Uh, turns out that's a lot harder than you, than you might think. The, uh, uh, but, but real quick, Ash, I think it was Dirk, maybe. Um, with the limited alpha clones, I mean, there are people that, you know, they play Frigate, they play Eve Warfare, they play, you know, uh, Cruiser Logi, right? I mean, obviously you can't do Tier 2 Logi, but my point is, like, there are people that, you know, they've got 200 million skill points and they they fly a freaking Interceptor and they fly it really damn well, but that's sure. all they do, right? Right, right, right. But they, okay, but one of the limiting factors to um, um, alphas is that you will not be able to have the skills that make some of those things uh, better. Like, you'll be able to do them at a basic level, but you won't be able to kind of have the higher levels of, of efficiency even using those items. But my point is is that what I suspect is there will become a growing philosophy among a, a group of players that feels that uh, that being an Omega is cheating, that it's buying power, Right. Because there is a power level, which is alpha clone power level, and then you can buy power funny. above that. Yeah, we're just looking well, at it from uh, the well, opposite uh, direction. Are you telling me that there might come a day when there are so many just alpha-only players in the game that they look at us subscribers as being pay-to-win? There, There is... <laughs> they revolt. Like, like, That'd be is, pretty fucking awesome, actually. If you track the way that free-to-play has gone before, there is a very real possibility that by January, we, as in... Everyone who currently plays this the game, rep- yeah, this January. Come on, are you serious? It's Christmas. Crap. Come on, it's Christmas and free to play. The fucking There's... free to play. Let me finish my sentence before you tell me it's wrong. Are you telling me? Come on, this is absurd, though. Like, I'll let you finish your sentence if it wasn't so absurd. It's like just saying say you actually have monkeys flying out of your ass. No, what I'm saying like, is, is that there there is a possibility that by January. The entire population that we currently know of, of EVE Online, represents less than one-fifth of the active player base. Like, that could totally, 
totally happen. We could see a million new players in the next two to three months after the free-to-play release. And I don't know how many of those will stick. I think they have a stick. lot more barriers to seeing the the people who are logged in playing the game than whether or not it's it's free for some of them to be able to do. They've got I more barriers fucking there. stunned. I we'll don't see. think the population is going to bump more than ten or 12,000 in the first probably three months. I have never seen a free-to-play release be that lackluster. E- uh, even MMOs that were otherwise completely dead, when they go free-to-play, they almost always at least see some sort of explosion. And I am confident that if, if Eve sees an explosion, it will actually, like level off at a, at a significantly higher tick. Even so, I think I think what you said is important. It doesn't matter how many people are on record playing. It depends on how it feels in the game. And if they're all going to be sitting in Jita talking... Uh... Well, here's the other thing. And this is what's really, really important that I think a lot of people aren't paying attention to. If they are redoing the PvE, if they are redoing the MPE, then, then a lot of these people who are trying out the game for the first time because of the, the free-to-play, which there will be lots of those people... This is the only Eve that they're going to know. That's right. So and this is they, the same thing make... that we've been saying since the day that they first mentioned free anything. And it is, there are other things that, that, that need to follow on to this so that when these new free players do come into the game, whether it be whether it's starting with the new player experience, going on to PvE, going on to a number of different areas out there that we've been talking about even before they mentioned free, we need to hear that stuff. So we're all kind of waiting for that to be able to make a judgment to be, you know, say, oh, my God, you know, you know, there may be a massive influx. There may be a massive influx. Whether or not they stick around is is where it matters. Well, all I know is that I got the impression from my interview with CSP Siegel that she feels that this is where it's going. She she hopes that it's going to be huge, obviously. Um, and and with what they were saying about the PVE, where they're specifically going to take what they've learned or what they have in PVE and rearrange it in two in new and cool ways with what they've been experimenting with, with everything from the Drifter AIs to these different events that we've been getting, the new Scope News Network distribution system for content, all these different pieces. If you look at it all as practice <laughs> and as no- November as the rollout, there is a very real possibility. I'm not saying that it absolutely would be, but there is a very, very real possibility that they could win, like really, really oh. win. Well, we'll see. I, I, I really uh, want to point out there's some really good comments in the chat. If you guys are listening to this podcast, you may want to go back to the chat on YouTube. Sorry, the video on YouTube or Twitch to see some of the questions from people like Z Master 1985 or always uh, Marshmallow or Cagton. These are you know good questions. I can't put them on the air because I can't read that fast to keep up with the conversation. But, all um, I'm saying is we all love Eve, right? Like That's why we yeah. all play. I've been playing this game for like eight and a half, almost nine years, I think. It'll be nine years in December. That's, that's too long. It's like a child going to school. I, I know what you mean. And, and like, but like Eve takes a, a very particular kind of person to enjoy it. Even if it's free to play, I think the vast majority of people are going to not enjoy the type of gameplay that Eve offers. It's not your average game. There's not a lot of instantaneous action in it. Everything takes planning and, and effort to do right. And there's no way to like get that out of the game without changing the game in such a way that it would fucking actually kill it. So like a lot of these people are going to log in. They're going to go, okay, I'm going to do some... Oh, fuck. And log back well, out, just like normal. Well, you can't jump in and, and you know hit uh, Dungeon Finder and instantly see content. 
See, I disagree with that because for the last week, I've just instantly logged in and jumped a few jumps and did purity sites and had fun and did stuff. And it was, I didn't even need to think about it. I just jumped. But that's, in fact, the last several events, I just jump in my confessor and go do whatever the event is. And there's always something different to do. And if, if that is the, the, the new way of doing things and they do it well, then why wouldn't it be? Because, because you have a level of knowledge that allows Eve. you to do that. You don't, right. a new player doesn't That's have fair. that knowledge. That's fair. So, so the question is, I is remember that, that where do we, how do we get people game, right? to that point? I logged in. They were like set a waypoint. They like they had you do all these little stupid things in the new player experience, right? In the, in the same system, and you're collecting all this random junk, and you put it in station, and blah 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 blah. And then they finally are going to send you out into the universe, and they made you go like fucking four or five jumps, and they have you set your autopilot. And I didn't pay any attention to the system. I left. I didn't understand anything about how the interface worked. I went to four fucking jumps. The goddamn tutorial ended, and I was lost. I couldn't figure out how to get back to my stuff. All the stuff <laughs> I, I had just got spent amen, past three hours fucking working. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> so and one then of I the, open a map, and you look at the map, and you're like, oh, Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So one of, the, one, of the really, one of the really important words that CCP Siegel re- used when referring to um, the new player experience in the interview was that she mentioned that they were going to have more control over the experience. Um, and, and this is one of those things that have always kind of bothered me about the new player experience, which is that we believe that Eve should be free to do whatever you want, which is true. But, um, that is kind of where you end up people. You, when you want to teach somebody something, or if you want to convince somebody that, that you're something that you want, or that your game is something that you, that you want them to play, you actually have to start where they're at. And so it makes sense that the new player experience would be far more narrative or almost even closer to a classic, almost, I mean, heaven forbid, almost like a WoW-like tutorial, like starter zone where maybe not necessarily instance off or anything like that. I'm not trying to suggest such things, but in such a way that, that they know that as you go through the experience, certain things that have happened. Um, one of the interesting, I, I watch a lot of extra credits, um, for those of you who read my stuff probably know that. Um, and I love the kind of design discussions that they're talking about. And they just, uh, they, they just posted a video on, or several videos on the, uh, one of the dungeons from Baldur's Gate. And it was a fairly advanced dungeon that's in a newbie area or kind of a newbie area. And they talk about how the two guys in the front are extra strong and that entire first encounter is designed completely as kind of like a gate to make sure that you you must be this tall to ride this ride. And then the first several rooms teaches you, not only challenges you, but also teaches you what kind of challenges you're going to face within this, uh, this dungeon. And you see this a lot in other games like World of Warcraft and other stuff like that. You know, people ask why there's trash in raids. Well, trash usually exists in, raid, in raids in order to teach the player mechanics in a in a way that they feel comfortable with so that way they don't even realize that they're learning and then when they get to the boss they go oh this boss just has the four mechanics that i've seen previously in the four. other pieces what that do you i mean fought four don't stand in the stuff that's the that's the fucking mechanic don't stand in the shit well, wherever the uh, shit is wherever it's coming from if it comes from the floor if it comes from the sky if it comes from don't stand in the stuff I, i've rated since vanilla so they've gotten a little <laughs> bit more complex than that but uh no but what i'm saying is like we we've learned a lot in game design about how to teach people through experiences and ccp seagull and ccp ghosts have spoken about stories and experiences and, and whatnot so i think that you're going to see much more kind of uh not catered uh, but you know curated 
experiences in particular for new players in order to ensure that they a learn certain things and b experience certain things i honestly think they should be dumped like so this is going to be super hard right because it's instantly almost gameable you would just of course make new accounts all day long and go have fun uh but like you should be dumped into uh, a system with another new player or other new players as it were and with the condition that you either blow one up or blow get blown up and like that's the only time you're ever in the system like just that one time it's until you blow up or you blow somebody up and that would get them the idea of what you know like pvp and then and then you basically guarantee that 50 percent of your retention is just burned because their first experience is just know. being shit on. Well, we don't know any of that. No, no, no. I don't think... I, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. so how would you... So it would be gameable because you would make a new account, right? But you only get... Isn't like, that part of the only new player it. experience now that they, that they lose a ship within, right. like, yes. the first little you get, while? You get blown up twice during the career uh, advanced yeah. military right. career. So, so I don't think it would be so bad. And, like, so say you wanted to say you wanted to game it, Astroth. How would you do it? No, I'm not saying about gaming it. I'm talking about from a design perspective. You have two people. They both fight. One of the two of them are going to have a negative play experience. It could be fourteen. Experience. It could be fourteen people. Like I, you know I understand that, but but let's look at Hearthstone. Right, Hearthstone is a hundred percent about playing versus players. But the first things that you do is against a tutorial because you you want you you absolutely want a person to start with a win, right? So if your first challenge is hey go probably get beat, blown up by somebody else. You're just going to go, uh, no, and then leave. And they have, they already have a problem with people leaving. Then you will never get people. So, okay, so here's the thing: you're afraid to expose people to fighting other players. No, at the very no, 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 you, no, are. No. you are, you are. You I know what you were. I, I'm not saying. I'm just saying are. that that cannot no, 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 be the very first event. I didn't that, say the very first thing. I said before they get to finish, dump them in it. So do the whole fucking tutorial, right? Your whole new player tutorial, all your little shit where you're cruising around and they're teaching you all about the game. Right before they're done, before they turn you loose and Eve, they dump you in a room where you you experience player versus player combat. If you don't give it to them at the very beginning, they will never want it all. They I now lo- really love your idea, by the way. They will get locked into oh. the same mission running mining thing where it's just not safe for me. My ship matters too much for it to get blown up. The, the, the best way to get to be okay with blowing up is to do it a bunch. I lose. No. So you're saying you're saying win or lose, they advance out of. Yeah, yeah, there. yeah. So like, so that would kind of limit your ability to like to scam it, right? Like some asshole wants to just make up and go fly around in his little volator or whatever and blow a dude up. Well, you're only going to blow up one dude, or you're going to get blown up. And if you dump him in a room with like maybe there's 15 of them in one little asteroid belt or something like that, you, you never know. Like he could get. Fucking mugs You're just helping something. him transcend. Anyways. So you get that right. first adrenaline rush. That very yeah, yeah. And I mean, rush. that first fight that you ever got into in Eve, you you probably came away feeling like you smoked a whole lot of crack by the time you were done with it. You were just twitchy as fuck for like five minutes. Probably had sweaty hands. Maybe needed to stand up a little bit. If you get <laughs> more players to experience that, first off, they will be less afraid later on down the road. But if they have to wait, they'll never do it. Like there is yeah. a. There is a, a really big portion of the game that lives in the center of it that's terrified of losing spaceships yep. because yeah. they never have. You're no, exactly I, right on that. Um, but uh, I want to say in the last 15 minutes, because we got 45 o- over this on this topic, um, I, I did want to say, because we were talking about forums and how uh, people used to you know, kind of moved out of the forums that were too restrictive, according to Grath, into areas where they could talk and say the things they wanted to say. Um, Pro God Legend, who's been on the show and is an FC for test, uh, formerly the head of um, 
Nelly Segunda wrote a, a battle report and put it up on Reddit, and it seemed very old school. Did you guys see that one? Wait, what? He did what? He wrote a battle report. I have it up on screen now. Uh, that uh, it was just you know an old school battle report that we haven't seen the likes of in a while. Yeah, uh, yeah. I like. I used to like writing those. Right, like that's what I used to write, and they were fun. Yeah, so uh, I wrote him saying, "Hey, if you want to write battle reports, I have a gig for you." Um, so we'll see if he answers, but I doubt he will. <laughs> I don't know, maybe. Um, but yeah, it was really cool, and it, it turned into like um, kind of a brawl in the notes because uh, some people got upset saying that he was being very inaccurate. Yeah, which, well, that's the whole which thing, is the right? thing that have has you ever always read... been said about every battle report right. in the history of battle read, reports. Read at least Randolph battle report. If you if it's against you, by the time you're done with it, you'll want to hurt yourself from from all the shit he lays on you <laughs> while he's doing it. And he's so polite while he's doing it, you just feel like you're drowning in poop. And he got that from Shadu, and Shadu used to write these awesome battle reports like that. Like that used to be an actual thing that kind of like a, a just lost art, right? Yeah, yeah. Like all the guys they that fought like now Spartans, just, right? It can't used to be like. A job. Can't like I mean those are all the only articles you'll find for me. They're not titled with my name anymore, uh, but they're all my battle reports that I wrote from when TMC first opened, and that's where I, I posted them all. Uh, I used to have one bookmarked because my name's not on them any fucking more. <laughs> we're, that's we're gonna, fine. <laughs> we're gonna fix yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> let's talk about fine. that for a little bit. No, we're gonna fix that, and then we want you to come back and write name underscore one. No, 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 no. What, uh, well, database problems, I guess. I don't know. All that happened before I got there. But we are um, transitioning everything over to a new site. Um, you know, I don't know if I can debut it right now. But yeah, I got a question about site. that, actually. Yeah, so, so let's talk about that. It's one of the things we're going to talk about. Yeah, you said last week that basically we're just moving. You're moving. We. Wow. Look at my segue. You're, you're moving to <laughs> yeah, this nice. new site. And that uh, they're going to talk about it on the other show, the meta show or whatever. But then on the meta show, the Matani said that they're both going to be running in tandem and everything's going to be posted in both places. Is that? Yeah, yeah. What? Um, yeah, yeah. No, I'll. I'll uh... I thought I thought the Matani.com was going to transition over to a post. Also, he better not be mad at me in Vegas. I'll be mad at him because uh, he's not allowed to get space mad and, and, and take it over. <laughs> he better, we better hang out. I've, I've heard tell I'm not invited this year or, we're, quote, we're not invited. That better not include me. Fuck the rest of these scumbag <laughs> cocksuckers. I'm, I want to come up to the – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to knock. Okay. Just, just do what I did. I, I, didn't, I never actually got one Grat, of the tickets. I'll, I'll sneak you I, in. I just hung out with Jay McClain and he got one. No, 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 we'll see. You know, I, last, had card. Yeah. I had a card. <laughs> there uh, was last year, an altercation. Yeah, last year everybody got in. This year not everybody's getting in. I think that's totally changed this year and stuff. And I'm sure. Graf I think it has that. to do with the police. Uh, <laughs> when, when the when, when the when SWAT gets called, it's <laughs> it'll change. It'll change your operating procedure. Yeah, it's going to be fun in Vegas. I, I'm glad you're going. Um, about to answer your question, by the way, Ash, you know, last time you were not able to attend, so you were in the audience and you objected to some of the things that were being said. I'm going to give you the floor for five full minutes if you want to say anything. Oh, God, I definitely don't need to talk about uh, talk for five minutes. Okay. But uh, yeah. what I will say is oh. that uh, uh, crossing zebras is not toxic. No, actually, uh, I, I mean, I'm now, as of today, I think the only person that is actually in both slacks for the Matani.com and Crossing Zebras, which uh, I guess makes me uniquely qualified to say that both groups of people behind the curtain are totally awesome. There's definitely some, uh, you know, alpha maleness every once in a while, but I mean, we let Grath on here, so I guess you just hey. get used to it, right? Al- alpha maleness where? Well, everywhere, right? But I mean, like, now you're just trying to get me to stir shit. No, no, now I'm getting you to tell the truth. Is what I'm trying. To... 
Well, there's some strong personalities in, in Crossing Where Zebras. And, and, and there's also strong personalities in Dematani.com. Every successful organization has strong personality. Yeah. All right. I think, I, I honestly, I, I will say that, um, you know, those people might not realize, but I actually have pretty severe dyslexia. Um, when I was in the fifth grade, I was told that, no, sorry, eighth grade, I was told that I would never pass above a third grade writing so level. mixed up five and eight right there. Yeah, Evidence. no kidding, right? Well, actually, the, the whole thing with remembering names is actually part of it. So, um, <laughs> incidentally, but, uh, you know, I've struggled through it and, you know, the Matani.com was very helpful to me at the time, but at the same time, like the, the quality of support and kind of camaraderie and, you know, sportsmanship of the people in crossing on the costume Severus team is actually pretty phenomenal. I think. That's great. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I do want to say, and this is not a rebuttal at all, but I, I do think a lot of things were kind of combined that should have been more separate. You know, when I was saying that the, the crossing Zebras had something of a toxic environment that was before uh, night and that may have inherited it and stuff like that. Uh, and there is, you know, but whatever, I'm not saying it, it is or isn't just that I heard there was, and then, the new stuff about it being biased was separate from toxic. It's not saying it's a toxic biased environment, just that it was kind of a uh, a place where if you were a writer from Goon Swarm, you probably wouldn't be comfortable if you were saying stuff like, hey, we're not losing, we're just, you know, tactically retreating. Like, you'd probably hear about it uh, and stuff. We're attacking in a different one, direction. One of the things that I find fascinating is, you know, we, we play in this sci-fi universe and... um uh, one of the things that sci-fi and fantasy is traditionally used for by our culture is to tackle issues that are difficult to tackle, right? Like, it's very difficult sometimes to talk about our social and economic problems, and therefore we view them through the lens of these fantastic creatures. A good example that I give is... Um, uh, Battlestar Galactica in the series there's there's a series there's a part called New Caprica which is very much like kind of from the perspective of a um, of a group of people that is being taken over by a military force uh, for their best good and this came out right at the same time that Iraq was a huge deal and our occupation of Iraq was a huge deal and so in a very real way it was kind of a commentary for that and although Eve doesn't have a controlled narrative in the same sort of way. It's interesting that the same sort of beats um, come up both uh, like in our way of operating and also in the lore. And so in our culture right now, one of the things that we're dealing with is bias in media. Facebook just uh, got under fire because their algorithms were proven to be biased and you know various different news organizations especially during this incredibly contentious election cycle has been you know the bias in media has been a huge issue and so the fact that it comes up also in our stupid little internet video game is very interesting to me uh yeah it is i I think it's I mean, Eve, Eve, or I mean, Eve is, you know, it's, it's, it's about the players, right? The players influence everything, the devs influence everything. And I, I've always believed that Eve is a reflection of the people that play it, right? In either directly or indirectly. So yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I don't see it's really surprising. I mean, it's just a reflection of all the collective people that play Eve. Yeah. Well, there's a huge difference, though, in terms of bias in the real world media and any form of perceived bias in, say, the Eve media. And absolutely. And the the difference there is, is that in the real world, they actually hire people for for real money. okay, and can choose about 
you know, A, who they're going to hire, as well as they can direct those people to write in a certain way because it's their job. Here, it's a little bit different. It is, you know, I mean, if you can sit there and compel somebody to write something that is against what it is they actually think, then that person's probably just a weak individual. Right, but there's still like the issues of groupthink and yep, you know absolutely. like the, the 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 different opinions. You know, it's not so much that if I am anti goon, I do write for the, the crossing zebras. It's more like if I'm pro goon, there's no reason for me to not write for the Imperium News. So therefore, by default, if I'm writing for crossing zebras, I've already not been pro goon because then I would just be part of Imperium News. I know that that sounds kind of confusing, but but so what ends up happening is in a lot of ways you can see you know the Crossing Zebra staff as being people who don't write for the Imperium and the and the Matani dot com being people that don't write for Crossing Zebras and when you look at that you kind of see how a certain amount of bias may in fact be inevitable especially during a such a polarizing war as we had with World War B when it came to polarizing attitudes. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, that, that's what I've said for years regarding this whole bias thing is that generally the bias is not something that is intentional. It comes from the fact that these sites tend to attract their contributors from within their own social circles. Right. Yes, I, I definitely agree with that. Well, uh, Valium, how much uh, how much shit does uh, NC give me for uh, being at TMC, by the way? Actually, we give you a lot of shit. Right. We typically, <laughs> typically on a daily basis, you get called a spy. I, you know, man, we go. I mean, it's a little overboard and having fun with you, man. But we do give you a lot of shit. And, and before <laughs> before we wrap this up, I also want to bring up a different, uh, a, a slight tangent to the same concept, which is that uh, I brought it up during the lore update. I find it fascinating that uh, Tash Murkon is the one who happened to win the Alliance tournament. Because remember, this wasn't chosen by CCP. It was chosen by a so tournament. The trials, not alliance right. tournament. But yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, the 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 MR succession trials. Oh, you don't know what they may have been doing in the background. Right, but but we actually talked about it ahead of time, and we knew kind of where it would go depending on which person got elected. And Caddis Tash Murkon's big thing is her Eudorian blood. There's which is uh, kind of a surrogate for her the fact that she's bought her way into power, but. That's neither here nor there. So what's interesting is that in this day and age in which the the Black Lives Matter movement matter, you know, is a big thing and racism and, you know, social justice and all these things are just huge, huge issues in our society. Our video game happens to naturally uh, emerge with a with a theme about racism, purity, purity and 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 this is what's interesting. Again, election year, the right to rule based on it and so i I just find this very interesting reflection that this icelandic company running this video game that's that's ran by a bunch of freaking nerds trying to blow each other up happened to kind of pull out these same emotional beats that is our news coverage well that's the beauty of science fiction it explores those ideas isn't isn't he really a socioeconomic simulator Yep. What's funny is, is that somebody tried to do like the whole social justice thing was like, oh, my God, CCP is so racist with their white skins and talking about purity. And I'm like, no, first of all, it's the Amar that's racist, not CCP. And second of all, yeah, (laughs) yeah, they are. Well, (laughs) thanks for noticing. Look, I don't again, I don't think that they planned on Tash Merck on doing, you know, you know, being the victor in that. Right. But when it happened, I think that they then got active within, you know, how do they how do they latch on to the existing lore and. 
they just ran with it. I, I, right. Look, I, you know, slavery and, you know, kind of racism re- related to the Amar and Minmatar have been around forever in the game. Yeah, and and depending on the hero, it would have been some, or depending on the victory, it would have been something else. I mean, like if Khan had won, right. then it would have been all about the civil yeah, I guess war. Yeah. If 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 uh, uh, if Sorum had won, then it would have all been about taking the revenge back on the Drifters. You know, like each right. each person had their own beat. All right. Last last Jay, last comment, and then we got to wrap it up. Wait a minute. Are people really stunned that it's racist? <laughs> well, hey, man, come on. I'm a white boy from Texas, and I play no. a black chick. With no, I'm just saying. Are there, is there like a, a group of of the the game that didn't know that like DMR used to get rode through space by the Mimitar, like that's a thing. I I don't know. There were some people that I saw. I don't know if it was ironically or really or whatever that were at, at least pretending to be upset at CCP for for being doing the whole racist thing. But y'all dumb. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I'm excited. Although there's also now. Uh, the, it's a lot easier to get triggered nowadays. <laughs> on on Singularity, this is what's interesting. There's now a new skin, the Cold Iron skin, which is all black for Amar. So now you've got all white and all black. So we'll see where, how that gets introduced. Some some Lorner is going to dive on me and correct me if I get this wrong, but I'm pretty sure the Caldari used to be a corporation in the Galente Federation and like left, yep. right? Like that's a thing. Yeah, yeah? they so, were one of the four Federated planets. Right. I uh, y'all y'all should read a book or some shit about the game you play because that information's <laughs> all there. There's or a, or just listen to hydrostatic podcast lore panels or uh, check out my new lore primer which I just posted on Crossing Zebras about a week ago. It's called the Eve Lore I, I'm Primer. I'm gonna I'm gonna leak some elite intel. There's a group of Mimitar that are hiding from the Amar because they don't want to get recaptured. <laughs> All right, the Underground Railroad. All right, thanks. Um... Uh, I do want to answer one question before we go, and that is the question Astaroth asked me, what is the, the difference, what's going to happen with the uh, TMC news site? And the plan as it is, is that we are going to migrate uh, all the authors over to the news site. That's where the stuff will be published first. It will be echoed into TMC, which will remain up. And by running them tandem, he means running them parallel. And that means that you'll be able to get the same stories on both. Probably the new site will have them a little quicker than the old site, the TMC. And that will happen for a long time, at least a few months. Uh, so people that are kind of waking up to uh, TMC moved can you know find out where to go next to get the same articles. The whole concept for uh, TMC is, is um, totally evolved. And now it's very much a community site. Uh, we'll cover um, more of other games. There will be... Um, uh, a whole restructuring of the way uh, authors are kind of like helped to write. So it, it actually is going to be almost like a hybrid of a news site and a forum because a story will get posted and you'll have the option of replying to that story as normal with comments. Or if you have like a lot to say, you can actually write a rebuttal story to that story. And what that'll do over time is get connect to it. So you'll have like a, a for you'll have a, an original post and then you'll have kind of like rebuttal posts or expanding posts on it for people. who oh, are Y'all are brave. <laughs> Holy shit. What? Yes. What? And we're going to, uh, we're hoping that it becomes a lot more organic and a lot more people feel like they can write. Cause right now we have a fungus is organic. Just remember that. <laughs> yeah, I know. So That's a comp- yeah, get that Carson writing for you. It's really hard to get people to write. Um, because they don't think they can do it or they don't want to put in the time. And we want to like knock down that barrier and say, we really just want, you know, Reddit is kind of the same thing, except that Reddit is, you really have no, um, filter to what you can say and stuff like that. This will be much more curated so that good stuff is what's printed and stuff, not just everything. That's, that's a long good, way of good saying. stuff. 
good stuff as approved by the state. Yeah, but you know, it depends because we, like I said, we have a lot of people who have nothing. Uh, Everywhere is moderated by somebody. So yeah, it, it all, so, all it so, all comes story, to execution. Like, like I, I when they first started uh, TMC, like like I was, you know, kind of like invited to come and write, like from the very beginning, yeah. and uh, even before the site was up, they they approached me and stuff like that. The worst thing they could have done, I think, was give it his name because of the. It'd be like the telkin.com like people would just shit all over the site just on general principle i I, very bad marketing i approve of the new name significantly more it's more probably more accurate i guess i would say as to as to its target audience uh and it doesn't necessarily come with the stigma of a person's name attached to it i mean you and the the obama news like you wouldn't none none of that shit's ever going to end up good everybody's going to shit on all of it no matter like you could even stick the Ronald Reagan news channel. Like people would just destroy it. Well, you yeah. don't you don't put a person's name on it. It's a target. Yeah, and the Matani's the first one to say that. You know, it was practically his idea to get rid of the name. He's been wanting to jettison it for a long time. Uh, the Imperium is a the Imperium news is about the group of players that play in different games, so that makes sense. But you don't. It's still not necessarily. You have to have a membership in Imperium in any of the games. You really just kind of want want to participate in this thing, uh, and that's all that's required. You know. Yeah, we we have. I mean, we have like minus ten TV and stuff like that that has so many retarded channels now. It's insane. Like that's all generated by you, you you know you pretty much just get access to it from hanging out or from hanging out with somebody that hangs out and they give you a fucking link like an asshole but yeah and it plays like movies on different channels for different countries and stuff like that that have different streams and shit and it's all picked by people sometimes it's sports uh but yeah like the, the content that's generated around for a community uh for us to be like our pan fam community or whatever like that's internal that's what that site should be for y'all like that's kind of what our forums are for us and that's you guys have a larger gaming community that's across several games so that should probably do the same function yeah so hopefully it works out and stuff it's um again it's going to be participatory but also obviously there'll be stuff there that's written um i i i'm really excited about a lot of the authors that are coming um We'll have my articles on it with my name on them. Mm. Yes, they will, actually. Eventually, I'm going to dig through the archive and make sure that all of TMC gets transferred over to uh, Imperium.News. It might take a year because there's about 2,000 articles, but I'm going to do it or have it done uh, in one way or another. Underscore one sends his thanks. (laughs) Well, and the thing is, like, if you, uh, Grath, want to write – because, see, here's the thing. There are people who are voices that know stuff aren't the same people that are writing them. And that's for a lot of different reasons, but this will be an opportunity for you to do that. And then an editor will clean up your work and then publish it out there. So you don't have to do as much, but we, the, the Oh man, I felt so that. bad. Like I, I, I told you the story about the one argument I got in with the one person that was like, you can't swear uh, in <laughs> right. one of my like articles. Thing, right? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> really? <What> you say? <laughs> They're like, you need, <laughs> you need to take out all the swears. It was one of the last ones I wrote for him or whatever, but I, I just, you know, I love it. That's like those battle reports, like Prograd rights and stuff like that. That was some of the most fun I had, and ha- why I had anything to do with like ever got into like running fleets at all. It's just because like it was fun to write those. I just haven't had a fight that inspired the SH one fight came pretty fucking close, but I showed up twenty minutes late, so I didn't know how it started, and I didn't want to sound like an asshole. Yeah. So, so I didn't... If, we, if we put up an SH one battle report or whatever, it won't even be in a battle report. It may just open up that something happened, and it won't go into the statistics and stuff. But then, can you imagine can, like an if F- I could give you ten thousand like, words, it'd be great. Yeah, or less, and or more, and it's you. <laughs> or less. It's you talking. <laughs> it's you talking your 
perspective on it, right? So we have Grant's perspective, and then you know the other opposite perspective comes in the other side and stuff. And it's just kind of like this is a place where you can get people to actually read your stuff because they know it's going to be filtered to the you know filtered so that they don't have to wade through a bunch of crap to read it. You know, they're just going to get to it, and that's what we're hoping happens. Everything is an idea until it actually happens and stuff. But we'll see. I, I love your editors. I spell like I'm two, and then they fix my shit, and yeah. it looks like I don't. <laughs> that is that is the severe advantage for working for a institution like um, either Crossing the Zebras or Imperium, which is that having editors where you can just be like, brain dump. Okay, yeah. somebody make something out of this. I'm, I'm going to go smoke sentences. some weed. <laughs> make, that, make that make sense somehow, and uh, that's what the editor's supposed to do. So that's that'll be great. All right. Uh, any supposed anything? Yeah. <laughs> um, anything else you guys want to say? Last last chance. I do have to ask one really dumb question. Um, why is it crossing zebra zebras instead of crossing zebras? Because they're the guy English. who made they're, it is Scottish. Foreign. Yeah, yeah, it's the name of their corporation. <laughs> Kilts. That's why. Yeah, yeah, right. Kilts. All right, uh, we've reached the end of the show. I uh, want to thank you guys for showing up, Grath, Astrothy, Dirk, Jay, Maricotti, and uh, my court mate Valium. Um, unfortunately, Pegamon uh, or uh, Targamon, thank you. Was not able to make it tonight. He wrote me in the middle of the show. Um, I didn't want to announce it till the end, but we will have him on in a future show. And he is the CEO of the Methodical Alliance, who just grew by uh, nearly a thousand members and is, uh, is a pretty big alliance now. So it'll be interesting. That's not to talk good. Well, <laughs> it is a merger of some sort, I think. We'll find out next week. Anyway, thanks a lot, everyone, for showing up. We'll see you next week on Talking in Stations.